Tomahawk, my little flute benders, and welcome to I Like to Movie Movie, the podcast about movie movies. My name is Garrett Smith. My name is Dan Scully. And uh, today we are here to talk about something we've been kind of, uh, I don't know, we've been promoting this a little bit. We've been dancing around this. We didn't quite pull the trigger, but here yeah, we are. We're, we're here. We got it. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Road Warrior today with uh, the director of an upcoming documentary called Humongous, a documentary. Faye Merman. Faye, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. And uh, she is here with the star of her documentary, uh, who is known to us as Tank. Uh, Tank, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, so uh, let's get some little bit of housekeeping out of the way, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, I like two movie on basically every platform. That's the numeric two. That's right. Um, so Facebook.com slash I like two movie. We're at I like two movie on Twitter. That's right. Um, check out I like two movie.tumblr.com. Please like, subscribe, share, uh, get in contact with us. Tell us what you want us to talk about, and yeah. we will talk about it for you. We will talk about it with you. And uh, we've got some exciting things coming up. I don't think we want to announce them quite yet. No, but we do. But have... you definitely want to yeah. stay tuned because we've got a couple big Big things happening in the works, so definitely do not miss. Yeah, and uh, something you guys are joining us for that you don't even know about. We keep forgetting to bring this up. This is basically the four-year anniversary of I Like to Movie. Is movie. it really? It's pretty much it. Yeah, thank I'm you. Party yeah. hurts. Yeah, we've been doing it for about four years, and uh, this is the 99th episode, so we will be coming up on 100 That's next awesome. episode. Yeah, Book. so uh, oh, pretty we're exciting. Have to do something for 100. I think yeah, we're going to try and do something exciting. I think uh, we should do something for 99. I'm just saying. Oh well, we are actually. Yeah. Because one of the things that we do with I Like to Movie Movie is we're trying to get more into the actual business of film yeah. and speak to insiders. As opposed to being critics of film, we would like to yeah. kind of become involved. And so that is why we have you here. So, um, I mean, should we just dive right in, you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, so we watched The Road Warrior for this mm -hmm. um, because Faye's documentary is about the fan community, uh, specifically the cosplay community, mm -hmm. uh, around m the Mad Max series in general, um, but pretty specifically around The Road Warrior, as Tank is a very well-known, perhaps the most famous uh, humongous cosplayer in the world. Uh, and uh, her probably the second most him. famous humongous in the world. Yeah, <laughs> I would say so. the original, without a doubt. <laughs> he constantly gets uh, mistaken in pictures for the real Lord Humongous. I mean, you got it's the look true. down. It's a good costume. You. you look exactly the same. You got the voice. You can do it all. I we're gonna put uh, the trailer for Humongous up on uh, the Facebook page, where you will see that uh, Tank is not just a humongous cosplayer, but he cosplays as a lot of characters. So he's a humongous man. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> is a human. You might literally be the biggest man I've ever been oh, in a boy. room with at the same time. Uh, he, uh, the, the one that struck me the most was the uh, the Ivan Drago cosplay Duh. in the trailer. Uh, you look a lot like that guy. Uh, that guy being Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> uh, and I was curious right off the bat if uh, you're in contention to play his son in the upcoming Creed 2. Ooh, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> I um, mean, it's probably going to film around here. Uh, my, my, if you can put my phone number out there and just let them know that I'm, I'm waiting, I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. please give me a call. No, 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 no word as of yet as far as that's concerned. That would be concerned. amazing, though. That would be freaking cool as hell. Let's make yeah. that happen. I think Let's we could. About it. This is the start. That's. I wanted to bring it up just to put your name out there. <laughs> Get it in the mix. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Tank is just an enormous man that uh, uh, looks like these characters in a way that I, I literally I was I was saying to Dan earlier I was like so the 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 trailer for your documentary opens with 
you being a, a pool man. Uh, yes. you, I assume that's, that's what you do for a living. I, I own my own swimming pool service company. I thought you were going to say, yes, I own my own pool. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I don't. I do not have a pool. I do not want to work all day and come home and go back to work. No, thank <laughs> yeah. you. I'm good with that. Um, That's funny. In the same way, like people who work at Taco Bell don't eat at Taco, eat Taco Bell. Yet, no. You probably no, just don't better. give a fuck about pools. I don't want to eat at pool for the rest of my life. So why would I want one in my backyard? No. But uh, I so I was looking, I'm watching that trailer, and I'm, you know, you're a pool man. That's what you do in your day to day. And then you do this amazing thing by by night, we'll say or whatever, where you, where you just play these characters <laughs> and bring like just like light into people's world through playing those characters. And I my immediate thought was like. Does this guy keep his body looking like that just to do cosplay, or are you like interested in performing on film, like outside of that? Like, is that uh, a bit of both, actually? Yeah, um, I, I've been lifting weights since I was eighteen. Yeah, I really got inspired from. Uh well, Glenn Danzig, actually. I was a big Misfits fan when, when oh, Danzig nice. came out. I'm like, dude, he's jacked. <laughs> um, so it started there, but then from that, it got into, like, I actually wanted to be a pro wrestler. So oh, I, tried okay. out, I tried out for the WCW in 1995. Yeah? I almost got killed, <laughs> literally. For real? Yeah. That was the hardest thing I think I've ever endured in my life was a tryout. It was fucking brutal. Yeah, don't let anyone tell you that wrestlers are are fake. New, no. they are athletes. New, no. yeah, they just in, have a script. Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, they really put me through the ringer there. But I, I maintained a lot of that size that I had built in my early in my twenties as a power lifter. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of carried it through my thirties and still stayed lifting, but wasn't necessarily like bodybuilder material. Yeah, uh, it wasn't until I went to my first Wasteland weekend in in two thousand ten, which this is what this whole thing stems from, is this. Post-apocalyptic party that's hosted out in the Mojave Desert, you know, a couple outside, uh, a couple hours outside of L.A. Um, I went out there as, a, as just a Mad Max character and found that I was not the only maniac in the world that like loves this <laughs> stuff. There's other people that are like, yeah, Mad Max, that's what it's all about. So uh, took some coaxing from some friends of mine. I was resistant at first. They said, you need to come back next year as Lord Humongous. You're the only guy here big enough to pull it off. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I'm not in shape. I'm almost 40. <laughs> you know, I'm pasty white and hairy and blah, blah. All these excuses I came up with. And every time I made an, an excuse, somebody would come up and go, well, I got a solution for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, luckily, one of my customers was a former amateur bodybuilder. He changed my diet. He changed my training. Um, told me, you got to start shaving head to toe. You got to go get the fake tan. <laughs> And he taught me how to cut water the last week before an event. He got me from 265 pounds down to 205 pounds Holy shit. in nine months. And I showed up ripped. You did all that just to go party in the desert? Just to be Lord Humongous for the for the Wasteland That's a, So were yeah. there like other Lord Humongous cosplayers there that no. th- like nobody even tried? I would, there was a fellow who, uh, again, another physique guy. Uh, who said I was thinking about coming this year as Lord Humongous, but I couldn't find the right mask. And once I saw you, I'm glad I didn't because that would have been fucking embarrassing. <laughs> so that that was saying a lot because I looked at him and I'm like, you you do have a very nice. He was a, a ballet dancer, actually, yeah. So he was really really tight, yeah. Uh, but just didn't have the overall overall size. There have been other uh, Humongouses. My good friend Greg, um, we lovingly referred to as Mini Mungus. Um, no no offense to Greg, and he he owns it. He owns it. He's he's. Shorter in stature, but very stocky. Yeah. Um, and so he uh, he's the other uh, humongous, I, I could say, if you will. We, you know, we've become very good uh, friends over the years. I've stayed with him out in Vegas, and we've, we've uh, lifted weights together and stuff. So you got the humongous selfies in the in the, the gym mirrors and such. <laughs> uh-huh. But no, for the most part, the uh, the other humongous, humungi, what did what what we decide? Humungi. Humungi. Yeah, humungi is pretty yeah. good. Um, I've seen others around the world, but they are... 
I'm calling a spade a spade here, failed attempts <laughs> at, at the... Uh, they wouldn't even qualify as a mini-mungus. No, it's kind of amazing how with a character like Humongous, in, in the world of cosplay, of which I'm mostly an outsider, it's usually about the costume. Yes. And when yes. it comes to Humongous, there's very little actual tangible Correct. costume going on. You have to kind of become the costume. Exactly. And which that, I imagine what... limits the numbers of hum, hum, Humongous. Is that what you're <laughs> like? Yeah. Humongous yeah. in the world, yeah. Yeah, and there, there are certain characters indeed that if you don't have the physique, you're just not going to sell the character at the level that it, it deserves. I mean, you mm. have an epic character like this, it, it need, you know, you get, and I know Faye hates that word epic, but I, I don't know. It's She's fitting, like, I think, I in this it. thing. <laughs> he is epic. I mean, yeah. we yeah. he doesn't have epic. a face. Humongous is, epic. Humongous is very epic. Um, but then so is Ivan Drago. So sure. is Conan yeah. the Barbarian. I mean, yeah. these are characters that, mm -hmm. and and it, you know, so is Lucius Malfoy. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, at least with Lucius, I don't have to flex for every photo. <laughs> yeah. I get to relax a little bit, and I get to be like this pretentious prick, and it's just it's a nice break. It's a little, <laughs> the days where you're Lucius is way more enjoyable to be around you for 15 hours <laughs> than it is like. <laughs> Yeah, Faye has to deal with the with the tank diet, which is sun up to sundown, oh, just nonstop last, work, no water, fall, no food. Yeah. Last fall, I lost ten pounds because I didn't eat or drink for three months because I just followed him around. And you you take a break when he takes a break, yeah. and he doesn't take a break. So I lost like ten pounds. I'm not even exaggerating. It's the best now, workout you ever got. How did you find got? yourself in this world? Like, yeah. what caused you to say, "I'm I'm making a movie about this"? She lost a bet and had to had to pay. Is, is that real? <laughs> that, yeah. No, that's his favorite. That's his favorite joke to make well i was uh working for a television station in new york and they sent me to the cradle of aviation museum on long island and it was media day for eternal con so nobody was there yet just a couple cosplayers and i was having a shitty day <laughs> and tank will tell you like we almost didn't meet that day for a couple reasons tank had a long day and a long drive back to new jersey and i had a long night the night before uh at my station it was like a something like a 18 hour shift because Hillary Clinton accepted the democratic nomination the night before. Mm. And then I had like five hours in between shifts and then I was back at work Jesus. and I was miserable and it was mm. rainy. Nobody knows how to drive on Long Island when it's rainy. <laughs> so I almost didn't show up to this stupid assignment. Yeah. And when I showed up, I was miserable yeah. and I see like an Iron Man and a Spider-Man. And of course the Iron Man ended up being a very dear friend of, mm -hmm. uh, but Ruby, Ruby who I, I didn't know yet, but as I'm walking, I'm kind of running in with my head down, and I see this guy changing in front of like a floor-to-ceiling window, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, there's a naked guy." Okay, and I was like running in, <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, here we go." There's like an Iron Man and a Spider-Man. Like this is gonna be great. And I'm interviewing one of them, and all of a sudden, I see this guy come walking into the room out of the corner of my eye. So I look over. And it's this giant, mostly naked man just <laughs> deliberately making an entrance. <laughs> and what I found out later was that naked guy changing in front of the window was Tank getting back into costume for me because he heard that the girl from the station was finally going <laughs> to come to this stupid thing. So <laughs> um, he comes back out, and I pretty much I wrap up the interview as quickly as I can, and I go over to you and I point the microphone at you and I go, "Who the hell are you and why are you naked?" Because <laughs> I. And making a documentary about Mad Max, but I had never seen Mad Max. Oh. <laughs> so wait, so how does that occur where you're making a documentary about well, Mad Max without I will tell you. Please do. So what drew me to this documentary was Tank, more than anything else. Uh when I interviewed Tank, the first one of the first things you told me was, you know, you'd making make, been making costumes since you were little and Halloween was your favorite holiday. And now you've grown up and not only are you making costumes, you are making 
100% screen accurate costumes. And he's not only making them for himself, he's making them for his whole family. Mm-hmm. So this giant scary man in a hockey mask, <laughs> suddenly I have an image of him sewing stuff for like children. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so my exact words to Tank were, you know, this is pretty interesting. Can I follow you around for a weekend and make like a three minute video on you? Yeah. Famous last words because it's been, uh, what, uh, 14 oh months? Yeah. It's been 14 months since I started filming and ow, hundreds of hours of footage. I thought you were going to say hundreds of thousands of dollars wasted on. Wasted! <laughs> <laughs> I want my life back. <laughs> but it brought you guys here to the pinnacle of this film. Yeah. Yeah. Where it all yeah, comes to. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. To get into the movie, to, to get into Road Warrior, what is the appeal of Mad Max to you, Tank, specifically? I first heard about the movie um when the uh, the road warrior came out because like i said i told you before if we're watching mad max like nobody knew what the fuck mad max was in right. america it was it was a huge hit everywhere else in the world except the u.s had you seen it before you saw road warrior uh no okay never even heard of it my dad bought me an issue of Starlog magazine because oh, of a sneak preview yeah. of revenge of the jedi yep. and i was a big you know star wars fan as a kid and there was other iconic movie I almost said epic, just bearing <laughs> Faye over here. Um, Wrath of Khan was in there. Conan yeah. the Barbarian was in there. Megaforce was in there. Blade Runner was in there. <laughs> it is funny that now everyone says Conan. Yeah. Because when Co- Conan O'Brien came out, I had a hard time untraining myself from saying Conan. Conan. And now yeah. when I refer to Conan, I have to untrain Conan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like I have to relearn that. But yeah. Um, and the Road Warrior was in yeah, there. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm flipping. You know, of course, I'm looking at all the Star Wars stuff like, oh, my God, the job yeah. of the hut. And what, oh, well, this is great. Um, but then I get to the pictures of the, you know, the article about the Road Warrior. And there's a picture of, of Max and yep. a picture of Humongous and Wes and the Warrior Woman and the Feral Child. Yeah. And some of the vehicles. And there was just something that clicked when I saw these pictures. I never even read the article, not, at least not as a kid. <laughs> it as probably adult. felt really underground. It, it, yeah, you know, it just it, seems like an, an off the beaten path sort of thing. And you, you got to figure I'm about 11 years old, right. very impressionable youth. Yeah, and it was just so there was like this this rough, raw power to it that that I was seeking in my life, but I I didn't possess because I was just some gawky little kid that right. was into GI Joe and Star Wars <laughs> and stuff, and you know, get made you know read comic books and things that weren't cool. <laughs> this was it's amazing how that's cool. changed now. I know. Those are the cool guys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it wasn't that way back when we were kids. Let me tell you, back in my day. Have you guys seen the Target commercial? I think it's Target for the superhero T-shirts they're selling this summer for Back to School. Yes, and Batman gets out of the car, and it's like it's oh, no, wait. yeah, uh, no, that's exactly what that's it is. A Walmart one. Is it Walmart? Yeah, yeah. And so it's literally it's like set to an AC/DC song. They have actual like actors in like the Ben Affleck Batman costume oh, and the suit, right? And so it's like kids wearing the T-shirts of the logos, and then like getting out of their cars to go to school, and now they're actually Batman. Oh, the and there's yeah. like AC/DC yeah. playing. That was not what comic books were like when we were growing. Not you know what I'm saying? Like no, that was the no. craziest thing to me when I saw that commercial. I was like, "It is now the coolest thing in oh, the world." We won. It is the yeah. coolest oh, yeah. thing in we the won. world. We totally won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's I, insane. Sorry, I didn't mean to break for that. Oh, I just, wait, that's, that's, that's what great. Papa Gallo says right before Humongous throws a trident in his back. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah. Jump in. We won. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Continue. I, I'm I was, sorry. I was I was going to comic book conventions, and as a kid, uh, early teens. I remember wanting to dress up in a costume. I was into Judge Dredd. I was into the Dude. Punisher. And, and and these are comic books that, like, my friends were collecting X-Men and Spider-Man yeah. and making fun of me, like, Judge Dredd, what is this British crap Dude. you're reading? I'm like, Dude, no, no, you don't understand. Judge <laughs> yeah. Dredd fucking rules. Okay? Yeah. Um, I wanted to wear these things, but I didn't want to be that guy. Uh-huh. 
at a comic book convention, which back when comic book conventions were comic book conventions, yep. not like um, oh, mega media. Just, like, yeah, they're pop culture. Oh, yeah, it makes yeah. me sick. John Cusack was at like Monster Mania Con, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was in 1408. <laughs> um, and I didn't have the resources to make this stuff. Yeah. It was just, I dreamt about it, but it never never came to pass. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the roller, it just it stuck. I remember telling Faye the story recently that the the when I finally saw the movie years later because I had to wait for it to come out on TV to yep. actually see it. it was rated R I was not allowed to watch rated R movies as a uh-huh. kid came out on TV and it came out it I remember it aired at my bedtime so my dad in, in was actually nice enough to let me watch like the first fifteen minutes of it oh that's yeah. cruel though commercials. that's, that's so very cruel so I like, got to oh, see you got a taste go to bed yeah I got <laughs> to see the opening chase scene yep. and, and you know Wes getting shot in the arm and and going to see the gyrocopter and stuff and just in that little snippet of time, like, man, I was obsessed yeah. immediately. I remember walking home from school the next day and running and jumping and doing rolls and, and jumping off of things. And my friend Eric going, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I'm a road warrior. You don't understand. I'm a road warrior. And he didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Yeah. But that stuck with me for the, for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you're 46, and you're still a road warrior. I'm still a road warrior. I I haven't straightened my shit out yet. (laughs) Well, and so when did you finally get to see Road Warrior? Like, when did you get to actually sit down, watch Road Warrior? I did. My best friend, Steve, uh, they had a a membership to Errol's back when Errol's was around, and you could rent VHS tapes. Uh Um, And he told me, we talked about the Road Warrior, but I still hadn't seen it in its entirety yet. And he said, oh, well, there's a movie before that. And I said, what? <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah. When well, next time you come over, we'll, we'll rent them. Well, we went to go rent Mad Max and the Road Warrior, and the Road Warrior was checked out. Oh, okay. Motherfucker. So we, we, we rented Mad Max. I remember when that was an issue. Yeah. yeah it was oh, yeah. Issue. Right? oh, yeah. Um, again, you kids don't know how, how easy you got it. Oh, Netflix, <laughs> bing, it's on. I went back like three times to rent Popeye. <laughs> and they just never fucking had it because oh, they had one copy so of popular. Popeye. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> so we, we did watch Mad Max and, and even that, like the cars and the yeah. black leather, and it was just this was a very macho film at an age where I was beginning to feel like I needed a male identity of, of sorts. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, I was I was I was kind of made fun of because I played with G.I. Joe yeah. toys and Star Wars toys and had the comic books and stuff, so I didn't really fit in. I, I needed some sort of machismo to, to kind of yeah. push me through, and there it was on the screen right before me. I mean, tires squealing and, and black leather and the bronze badge, and wow, this was freaking cool. So uh, eventually I get to see the Road Warrior over at Steve's, unbeknownst to my parents. <laughs> Sorry, Mom and Dad. Uh, <laughs> I think and, they're over it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they must know I've seen the movie by now. Um it, that that was it. I, I like. I never. I loved Star Wars. I loved other stuff, but yeah. Mad Max was always the one. And then when Beyond Thunderdome came out, that was actually you know my dad took me to see it in the theater. Yeah. It was PG thirteen. Okay, hallelujah! I can actually see this movie. <laughs> um, and that that was different. I think many people will agree. It was it was cool, but it was not the Road Warrior. But it was still. It's got I a kit. That's kind of the first one that came out after it became accepted what a Mad Max brand right. is. Yeah. Right. So it sort of fell into that canon without. The, the first two, of course, are blazing the trail. That was the yeah. first one to kind of just say, here's our sandbox, yeah. literally, and let's play it a little bit. It also yeah. seemed to take inspiration from like the Spielberg Amblin era, too. Yeah. Like It's oh, got it's that whole thing with the lost 80s. kids. Yeah. And, like, it, you know, it, 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 yeah. it feels like Mad Max for kids, and I don't mean that even in a negative way. It just... Interesting backstory. Yeah. Okay. This, this production of Beyond Thunderdome started as George Miller doing 
Lord of the Flies. Oh, interesting. Oh, that that totally makes kids sense. Being in this, it, it transformed. It was kind of like Ridley Scott was supposed to do the Alien sequ- uh, prequel, right? And it turned into Prometheus, which you were like, "Wait, how did we get from point A to point B?" Ah, <laughs> uh, the same thing happened with Beyond Thunderdome. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yep. That it evolved out of a picture of a meeting where he's story, like, "We're yeah. going to do Lord of the Flies," but I got. I, I got, got all these turn around the line. Yeah. 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 She really wants to be in this. Yeah. She said something about chainmail. I, I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah. And we've is, seen that costume. We have seen that costume. Oh, really? Yeah, her yep. actual costume. Yep. In Australia. Head to toe. I think the first time I saw Road Warrior, it was like one of those movies that was ubiquitous on TNT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think I saw it from like middle point to end <laughs> at three in the afternoon a hundred times. Yep. Oh, you know, the TV cut, of course, sure. before mm-hmm. I ever saw the actual thing. But like, that was one of those movies that kind of just. I guess at a certain point was just around. Yeah. Right. It was always around, you know, and, and you know, when I talk about the brand of Mad Max, that one sort of really establishes the brand. For sure. And I don't know, because I know you said that when we were watching the movie, actually, you should probably talk about this, mm-hmm. uh, how Road Warrior was kind of the one that introduced America to Mad Max. Yes. Yeah. When uh, the, the first Mad Max film uh, re- uh, released in 77, that was the biggest thing to ever come out of Australia. Yeah. It was a huge smash everywhere in the world, except in the U.S. It was being brought in by American International at the time, which was being brought out by Filmways. Mm-hmm. And it kind of got put on a back shelf and kind of forgotten about. So it didn't get promotion. It, it, it screened on like 150 screens in, in the U.S. We, we didn't embrace Australia until Paul Hogan came <laughs> out as a Sadly. crocodile Sadly. Dundee. Um, so when Mad Max 2 came out, everywhere else in the world, people were like, oh, my God, Mad, Mad Max, Max 2, 2. this is going to be great. Yeah. And it comes to Warner Brothers brings it to America, and they say, who, what? Yeah, what, is, what is a Mad Max? Yeah. No, we can't call it that. We have to call it somebody something else. And so yeah. they take a line from the, the opening montage, The Road Warrior. Yeah. And it kind of stuck because, you know. That's a killer America, title. It, it is. is. It is. Yeah. It, and, and other versions of it around the world were then given sort of subtitle, Mad Max 2, Der Volstrecker, like the Executioner, <laughs> like. It, the other countries went along that that route, but it yeah. definitely uh, you can you can call it the road war, and anybody in the world who's a fan will know what will you're know talking, what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, but some some purists will be like, "I'm sorry, the what?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Mad Max too. It, yes, the I get movie that. even oddly sets itself up that way. Like the opening um, sort of dialogue and montage ends up doing a recap of the first movie anyway. Yes. Like it almost sets itself up as, "Oh, you didn't need to see that movie. Like right. we're bringing you in right here." Kind of does that. Yeah, it's episodic yeah. in nature to the point where you can. You can view it in a vacuum, any of the entries, yep, all four right. of them, mm-hmm. or view it as a piece of the whole. As a, Yeah, which yeah. is, and then we were talking about that when we were watching it. It's one of the most interesting things about the series is the way each of them are set up as a story being told about a man I met in the wasteland named mm-hmm. Max. Mm-hmm. They're never actually from Max's perspective. They're always from like a storyteller's perspective, right. um, which allows them to be those sort of like loose chapters in a story that maybe are the same story, maybe not. Maybe these are different Maxes every time. Yeah, and you can play it's really interesting. the chronology of it yeah. because... You know, it is what it is. Yeah, right. Like maybe Thunderdome happens before this movie. There's, no, you know, there's nothing that like sort of definitively says it's, you know, the thing with Thunderdome, it, 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 it in Mad Max you have this this society in decay, and and if you read the paperback of Mad Max, it talks about. I'm the certain whole, you've done that. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is like a novelization of the script. Yes. Okay. There is a whole backstory to the Main Force Patrol, the Breaker Squad, okay. the Transcon One, the Armalite Gang, yep. the raids, the night raids, and stuff. Um, the the territorial jurisdictions and and how government is like getting in the way of the police being able to do what they need to do, and therefore shit's hitting the fucking fan. Yeah. Um. So you've got this society in decay. 
uh, when you get to the road warrior, we, we know there's actually been some sort of war, probably a, a, like over oil, apparently, yep. from, from what we see in the opening montage. But it doesn't look like it's gone nuclear. Right. When we get to Beyond Thunderdome, there's no opening montage to explain the backstory. It's just assumed you know where yeah. we're at now. I don't need to bring you up to speed. But Max does bring a Geiger counter out at one point. Oh, to yeah. Bring water. So we assume that it's progressed it's even further. It's gotten, gotten yeah. even further. And then once we get to Fury Road, it's like, wait, wh- where were we again? Where, yeah, yeah. Um, That's the beauty of Fury Road is it shows a new kingdom having totally been born from the destruction. Yeah. Yeah. And there is yeah. sort of that nuclear element because people have mutations. Right. People yep. are. Right. Uh, what was the word that they use for the guys that like to spray chrome in the The war boys. The war boys. That's yeah. it. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which and they, and they have radiation poisoning. It's kind of assumed there seems to be, or there's speculation that uh, Screwloose from Beyond Thunderdome, yeah. who was the silent character that had the white face and mm-hmm. the black around mm-hmm. his eyes, oh. there's a, like a tip of a hat to that character in the War Boys. Yeah, in Fury Road. So there's a lot of little. Well, there's that. There's there. also another music box in Fury Road, right? Yes. Do I remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Um, there are some interesting nods to like sure. other things that have happened in the series throughout it. Um, yeah, this movie. I think I had the same experience with this. I saw it on TV a few times as a kid. It was on all the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't like see like I I have this weird thing where like when I saw movies as a kid I like don't consider to have seen them if that makes yeah. sense I feel like you need to like reconsider them as an I adult so yeah. I like spent a weekend maybe three years ago I just got all of the Mad Max this was like as Fury Road was like on its way to theaters I just got all the movies and I just spent a Saturday back to back mainlining mm-hmm. all the Mad Max movies mm-hmm. and that was the best way to watch them these are perfect Saturday afternoon movies oh, yeah. you know what I mean they like are. they just yeah. You, I mean, we had a great time sitting. We often, when we watch these movies for the show, are fairly quiet throughout them. We'll, we'll do a little commentary back and forth and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, these are the kinds of movies that are a blast to watch with a group of people and right. just kind of be chatting your way through and like because mm-hmm. they they're very visual. They, the dialogue kind of doesn't matter in these. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things that everyone said about Fury Road, and it's funny that they said it specifically about Fury Road. When I think it applies to all of them, all of sort them. of maybe Thunderdome, is that. They're kind of a nouveau Buster Keaton in that you can cut the sound and the action's going to tell the story for yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. You know, you can tell by the set design who is the protagonist, who is the antagonist. Right. Yep. You can tell just by their facial expressions and how people are framed, who's working together, who's working against one another. Right. And then the action itself ends up being the storytelling tool. Yeah. Fury, Fury Road was written via storyboards. As yeah, oh, I to believe it, yeah. And the, the black and chrome version was originally supposed to be uh, without... Uh, Voices. Yeah, that, I know. I was that disappointed that when version that version is fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. I was disappointed though that it actually did have like because yeah, he initially soundtrack. pitched that as yeah. all it's going to have is the soundtrack and the sounds of motors. Right. There, nothing else will be yeah, in no it. Yeah, yeah, that would have been. I would have. You been don't realize actually that. though that you're talking about watching this on TV. You know, time and time yeah. again. When I was a kid, it came on TV once, and if you missed it, sorry, mm-hmm. that's yeah. it. You had your chance. So my dad recorded it on Betamax, and I, <laughs> I eventually got to, to watch it. You know, later on, uh, the the the, uh, the TV version. There's actually additional scenes sl- added. Uh, you see the feral kid playing with dog at one point. Mm-hmm. That's not in the the R-rated version of the release. Uh, and apparently, the narrator was different at one point. I don't know if the if there was validity to that story or not. But I remember, uh, you know, when the internet came out and the first thing i did when when the, oh, we had this what is this called the <laughs> ww to what information um, super highway yeah, whoa. <laughs> the first thing i did was what kind of car is the mad max interceptor because that was always the big like is it a javelin is right. it a challenger is it a, what the fuck yeah is what did that? they build that on yeah. yeah um so but i i started learning more and more about mad max i found out that the version that was on tv had this extra stuff and i'm going 
oh my god, where's that Betamax tape yeah. from like ten years ago? What? Oh crap! I gave that away. Oh my! I was I was so upset <laughs> yeah. about the fact that I had this this jewel in my hands and didn't realize there was a difference between the version you could buy and the version that was on TV. That happened a lot at that time yeah. because the editing they had to do for content, then they for some reason they felt had the that time back. Yeah, which is ridiculous yeah. because they were just going to cut commercials into the middle of it anyway. Like there's no but. They would do that all the time. They'd basically take cut scenes that were appropriate for TV well, and yeah. lift them like back into Road the movie. Warrior, there's a lot of stuff that, at least at the time, wouldn't have made it past the TV censors. Right. Yeah. So it came to the point where it's like, we have a two-hour block to fill. Yeah. We have 25 minutes of ads. Yeah. We ne- and so they would just pick up whatever cutting room floor footage mm-hmm. they had. Or oftentimes, once home exhibition became a thing, shot extra footage for it. Yeah. A, a great example. The, the only time it's ever happened recently was... Um, for snakes on a plane, yeah. everybody knows the big line is "I'm sick and tired of these yeah. motherfucking snakes on the motherfucking plane." Oh yeah, this is plane. a great one. And they actually recorded footage of him saying, and I I could be wrong, but I believe it's these monkey fighting snakes yeah. on this Monday to Friday plane. Yeah, it's and it's like. That. like because, yeah, you want that line in there, but there's no way to dub it. Um, the the Mallrats ABC cut yes. has a terrible dub job of Jason Mewes, mm-hmm. where it's just a, a voiceover actor doing a shitty impersonation because he's spewing such filth. Yeah. But it's such a large portion of the, the runtime of the movie that you just have to put something in there. But <laughs> outside of those two items, I can't imagine it happening. My, Do you have another one? My favorite one, and I, I have only seen it because I was in Canada with a buddy of mine staying at his parents, and they happened to be playing Super Bad on TV in oh, Canada. God. And they did. In Canada, it was called Super Polite. They did <laughs> alts for every single line in the movie, like when they shot the movie. So it's the entire movie that you're familiar with, with the actors actually acting all clean dialogue. The beauty of post-mumblecore comedy is that it's just mm-hmm. unending Dude, footage to cut together. And it's yeah. really funny, because all you get to, like, if you're familiar with Superbad, we were just watching it laughing at the way they were changing the profanity, yeah, so it wasn't yeah. profane, but it was still funny and got the same profane idea across. Mm. It's amazing. It's, it's like worth trying to find it. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. I forget I, what I was watching, but Samuel L. Jackson had a motherfucker line, and they dubbed it over Melon Farmer. Oh, yeah, Melon Farmer's a good one. Ooh, Melon yeah. Farmer, yep. They'll, uh, speak, speaking of a mad... Uh, Mel Gibson movie, um, uh, Joe Pesci in Lethal Weapon. Oh, yeah. They freak you th- in the drive-thru, man. They freak <laughs> you in the drive-thru. Like, okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think, uh, oh, what was it? Um, uh, uh, Ch- Charles Bronson, uh, Death Wish. Yeah. Um, motherfucker. Yeah. I think it was Jeff Goldblum who actually said that line, if I'm not mistaken. He uh-huh. was one of the ones that broke into the house. and That's right. A very daughter. tough man to dub. Uh, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that became Mother Lover. Oh, Mother Lover. Mother, Mother Lover's pretty good. good one. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's I mean, one of the most famous ones is the Big Lebowski. Uh, I don't there, think I know this one. Oh, there is the scene where uh, Walter Sobchak is uh, destroying that what he thinks is a teenager's car with yeah. a yeah. golf club, if I'm not mistaken. Do I have that right, or is it a baseball bat, maybe? I think it's a golf club. And he says, uh, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Yeah. And he's smashing the car. On TV, that's, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. And he just says that <laughs> over and over again. I want that it's job. It's amazing. <laughs> I want the job of the guy who has to rewrite, rewrite the line into yeah. <laughs> like somewhat similar non-filth. Yeah. I, when, when we used to be, I, I, as I told you guys before, I used to work for uh, the, this punk band, The Misfits. Um, I was their, their tour manager. I, I did everything for these guys over a 13-year span. But we would watch movies in our hotel room mm-hmm. all over the world. And I remember watching uh, Hellraiser yeah, in yeah. Spain. 
And I, you know, one of those movies I know like pretty much word for word. I want to see that movie Hellraiser in Spain. (laughs) (laughs) But but to hear you know Pinhead reciting these lines in Spanish, I'm like, (laughs) I I know what he's saying. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Jesus wept. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think it was uh, Tango. uh, Tenemos todos tiempo para que compren tu compren tu ar tu flesh. Kind of wild that you went from looking up to Danzig to working with the. Uh, I know. The I was just thinking that. I yeah. I was I was a huge uh, Misfits fan as a teenager and uh, in, into my twenties. I, I guess you could say I, I still am pretty yeah. much. Um, it's the only tattoo on my body, and that's the one way that you can usually tell when you look for images of Lord Humongous on you know Google. Oh, that's search. how we know if it's you. <laughs> if there's a Misfits tattoo on the shoulder, it's probably me. <laughs> nice. um, but uh, yeah, I, I went from being a fan to auditioning as the new singer, but. Um, well, you really? might notice you might notice I'm a bit of a bass. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not the tenor that Glenn Danzig is. Yeah. Um, so that He's didn't quite that work out. Punk but rock Elvis vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I started out being their merch guy, then their then Doyle's guitar tech, and then Robo's drum tech, and then I was telling you guys about Marky Ramone working with him earlier, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, became just started designing stage shows and tour managing and. Uh, 13 years, I, I babysat those guys. That's crazy. <laughs> well, that's what a tour manager is, a babysitter yeah. for yeah. grown men. Oh, yeah. I, my business card actually said that, tank, babysitter for grown men. I've seen Spinal Tap. I know all and about you it. You know all about <laughs> it. It's, it's, it. There's much truth to that movie. Hello, hello. Last year, I saw The Who in concert, and yeah. Richard Starkey, uh, Ringo's son, mm-hmm. was the drummer. And the one thing that they said, they were like, ladies and gentlemen, Richard Starkey, he's famous not because he's the son of a beetle, but because he's the only person on the planet to have survived being babysat by Keith Moon. (laughs) 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 I used to complain about having to go to the Brazilian consulate to get our our visas. I knew you were going to tell this. Story. Yeah, it, it's 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 for us because like okay, we so can go all, we can go all over South and Central America, no problem. But Brazil, I have to drive all the way into the city, drop off the stuff, come back, oh, come back again, pick them all up. Like, can we just do this easier? So <laughs> here I'm bitching that I have to do this for like you know six guys. Yeah. Well, I happen to run into uh, the tour manager for the Rolling Stones uh-huh. at the consulate, and I was like, "Oh, so how many how many are you dropping off today?" He's like, "150." I'm like, and that's just today. I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, oh, dude, <laughs> I got it so easy. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to course correct us back on track for some, yeah, sorry. Well, that's fine. Segway. Trying to get no, us back on the road. That's right. Let's get Hello. back on the road. I, this is a movie defined by its limitations. And we talk about this a lot on the show. I, we really think some of the best movie movies are movies where there's a limitation of budget. There's a limitation of just like what they are. Yeah. What they are capable of doing, <laughs> what they have the money to do. And it defines the production in a way that actually makes the movie what it is. Not having resources like that is the one thing that forces imagination. Yeah, you can put your imagination into a script. You can put your imagination into your storyboards. But when it comes down to that moment where you're pointing a camera at it, if you have all the resources in the world, it kind of dilutes that imagination. Mm-hmm. When you're limited, and it's like we have to get this in this many takes, we have this much film. The sunlight's going. You know, if this guy's getting pissed off and wants to go to bed. We have to do this now. Ready? You go. have to get creative. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and and I think George Miller is a great filter for that imagination. Yeah. yeah, it seems that with that limit, and especially with, I would imagine Fury Road had a had less limitations. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. but he's so, uh, he, you know, he, he, he that uh. What's the word? He just built that skill over yeah. decades yeah. of mm-hmm. being limited. As, as we said, it was uh, Mad Max was edited on George Miller's kitchen, kitchen counter, table. you know, by hand because that because he just ran didn't out have of the money. money. Yes, yeah. yeah. had to do it take. himself. Yeah, that's so crazy. And yeah. that, I mean, you can I feel like you can see that in every frame of this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie feels huge, 
but you can tell is cheap. Did you say it feels humongous? humongous? <laughs> uh, but it, it's also cheap. It's clearly cheap. You can see it on the screen that it's it's cheap costumes. Even the the cars, which are like exceptionally designed, you can tell are designed with shit from people's kitchens that they just nailed oh, onto yeah. a you know the They're frame of a car. To cover up the fact that the cars are fucking falling apart. Right. Yeah. It's it, it's it is amazing that something. And then you know he's telling a story that allows for the sort of broken down cheap nature of everything to actually enhance what you're watching. The story itself is meant to take place in a broken down world. And so seeing something that looks like it barely holds itself together actually adds to what you're watching as opposed to feeling cheap or, you know, it's cheap. That, it's funny that you say that because we were talking about how we, we had our trip to Broken Hill. Yes. Yep. And we ran into many. Everybody in Broken Hill has a Mad Max 2 story. And this is uh, where they filmed in Australia, right? They For filmed the... it in Silverton, okay. which is the, quote, Hollywood of the Outback. I don't know why. Did you it got see that, that on your name. shirt? It says Silverton oh, Collective. Silverton Collective. Yes, there you go. Um, <laughs> but the nearest town, which is about 30 minutes away, you, yep. you go on the road. It's called 29 Dips because it has 29. Dips. It has more than twenty nine, and almost oh, you, broke my nose can't. filming it. <laughs> Never forget me. Tell hanging that over, story, please. Over a car. I'm, I'm in the backseat of the far lane when, and Mick and Josh are driving the Griffin door car. Griffin. Griffin. It had Griffins on the door. It had but a Griffin on the door. Harry so it was a Griffin door. Griffin door. So if you call it the Hufflepuff car, I'm gonna smash you. I swear. Anyway, I think I would end up in Hufflepuff house. So watch yourself. <laughs> I, I am think a I belong there. You're a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I'm We're laid back. You don't give a shit. We don't get have involved. To, yeah, right? yeah. I just want to go to class, <laughs> learn my spells. I've washed my hands in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so, pretty much a Hufflepuff. So the Griffin door fair lane. Oh, it's not that great of a story, but I was broken nose. It was the first night we were driving in. So. The Mad Max Silverton Collective was simultaneously going on with some bikey gang yes. touring the continent of Australia. And we were sharing this youth hostel built in the 1800s <laughs> with the bikey gang and a Mad Max Collective. Uh-huh. And it was the weirdest <laughs> group of people. They were all, Everything was great. It was awesome. Yeah. But they invited us into town one night at a bar. So we make this big entrance. We actually tank a picture of Tank and I made the the local the paper, paper. The <laughs> next day. in costume. I'm assuming I'm hanging out the car. I'm hanging out the Gryffindor with uh with my camera and Tank's fist bumping. It's <laughs> a humongous. And that kind of puts you in league with with George Miller, hanging out of a car <laughs> yeah, with a yeah. camera in yeah. the middle of Australia. There was lots. There's that the picture Walter took of me hanging out of the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was there was there's lots of car hanging. That's badass. I don't mind hanging out cars, <laughs> guys. Like I will get you on. You do that quite a bit in the. Uh, I, I was... Yeah, I will go on anything fast with my camera. <laughs> I really don't care. It's <laughs> really fun, and everybody should try it. <laughs> um, oh, 29 dips. I almost broke my nose. Dips, I was shooting yeah. over your shoulder, and I got the, one of my favorite pictures of you with your humongous arm out the car my window. My humongous arm. <laughs> Is, well, it's a tiny arm, but it has a humongous... Puny, I believe is the word. <laughs> ah, yes. yes Every strong man must yep. accuse yeah. something of being puny. You yeah. puppy. You disobey me. You notice she called it a bikey. Yeah, I, I did yeah. notice that. That, that uh, is yeah. correct Australian nomenclature. For real? They're, yeah. not, they're, not, they're not bikers. bikers. They're bikey. Bikey by crikey. What a ripper. That's my line. I know. You stole that from me. My little sister had a Steve Irwin doll growing up, and you'd push his button on the back, and he'd say, crikey. But the best one was, what? A ripper. <laughs> That's amazing. That is so good. So man. I probably insulted every Australian I met because I, I was always saying, "What a ripper!" Yeah. <laughs> okay, Sheila. But so they all called me Sheila. Sheila. So. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> so, the, so the cheapness of this film. So everybody in Broken Hill, which is the nearest major city, the, the Mad Max Two actually, the world premiere was in the, the Broken okay. Hill movie theater. And my and? movie. I'm going to interrupt you because this is technically my story. This is, oh, <laughs> this it is. Story. Oh yes, please tell your story. This was my observation that I made, and you, you're stealing it. 
by the way. No. Yes. So <laughs> you, don't know, you don't know where I'm going with this. I haven't made my point yet. So well, you go first, and then we'll see. I really like this relationship that has developed <laughs> between uh, you two. I see an arm wrestling match about to break out here. <laughs> I'm not against that happening. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. I will totally throw down for that. Dan and I are good commentators. It'll work on audio. <laughs> I wish you guys watched Twin Peaks. There was an amazing arm wrestling episode. I love. He the, does. I, I'm one episode it? behind. Oh, I haven't okay. seen the latest Everybody one. Everybody dies. But <laughs> I did see that arm Spoiler wrestling alert. one. Yeah, Dark Coop is like <laughs> Dark Coop is so legit. First yeah. of all, we're gonna get off subject real quick. First of all, I'm like an arm wrestling match. Like, what is this? Like a like a fucking yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Over the top. Is, yeah. top. is it? And then I'm like, oh wait, well, no, it's David hang Lynch. On, hang on, yeah. bones are gonna break. It's gonna. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I just put the hat around backwards. It's getting real go. now. There you go. <laughs> going, that, that's a Stallone reference. Yeah. Turn, yeah. turn your chair around like Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds. It's gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yo, seriously though, people are gonna be talking about. This iteration this of Twin Peaks for, for oh decades. God. Listen, they're, they're I'll come back walls. for a Twin Peaks yeah. podcast if you want because I've got millions <gasps> of ideas. Oh yeah, I am like I, I bleed David Lynch. I, I love a, that man. I have a Twin Peaks tattoo on my. Do you butt. really? Yeah, oh my oh. god! I love, and I'm getting like more. Yeah, it's a ridiculous. Uh, it's uh, I need I need help. But anyway, <laughs> what was the actual point of this story? Oh, Broken uh, Hill. Hill. So huh? This is a. Uh, this is a, uh, a Simpsons oh, uh, yes. update of the new uh, Twin Peaks I lo- cast. I've seen that. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that's pretty, pretty good, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we'll talk after. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's good. Um, oh, so, so the theater in Broken Hill, Silver yes. City Cinema, uh, premiered Mad Max 2. So, yep. of course, everybody was there, and, and Mel Gibson, everybody. And that theater has offered to have me come and premiere my film there. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So cool. the goal is, so at the Silverton Collective is biennial. Mm-hmm. So 2019 will be the next event. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to have it ready by March 2019 and premiere it at the same theater that Mad Max 2 premiered That's amazing. Hell is yeah. the Silverton Collective just like another, like um, uh, uh, like the Wasteland here in the state? Like, is it just an... No, it's much smaller scale. It's, okay. It's much more a, intimate. It's amazing. It's... Uh, so there's Wasteland Weekend in California City, yep. which is insane. And it is... Huh. It's, it's it's getting it's bigger and, it's getting bigger and bigger <laughs> every year and but the Silverton collective is getting smaller every year it's getting smaller <laughs> every year it's it's actually you actually camp out where they filmed the road warrior every mm-hmm. night you watch the sunset where Wes does that wheelie on the bike oh, and yeah. pulls his, like that's where you watch the sunset every night that's amazing and where the tanker where the humongous machine and the tanker collide that mm-hmm. is that same little stretch of road that's Whoa. where you just hang out every single night you watch the moon you watch the stars you look for the southern cross constellation yes. and but do people do all the cosplay and stuff for this too yes, is it a big event are. yes well, and no like i would say yes well the, there are some costumes out there but it's not to the level that we have it here in the US the thing that the silverton collective has is home field advantage yeah. which means they have the cars oh those are yeah. hard. you can't they're Australian Falcons, they're Holdings, yeah. they're you know, they're they're vehicles that were specific to Australia. So we don't get them so much over here. Yeah, that's do, interesting. they're a lot of money. So they they have that going for them. That's true. Yeah. But the costuming is slowly starting to pick up pace down there. Yeah, that's true. But those who do it, they're they're doing it well. Like no I didn't see anybody show up with a chintzy costume. We met this father and son that fixed mm. up an old far lane to make it the Gryffindor. Yeah. And they dressed up as the gay boy berserkers and Yes. They were amazing, and that was a true father-son bonding moment that I, I witnessed, and I interviewed the father, and I'm like, you know, how does it, you know, what does this mean to you to be able to do this with your son? Because they drove up from where, Adelaide? I believe so. I think they drove up from Adelaide, and this giant Australian father, like, all leather, big aviators, he just 
starts weeping on camera. He's like, <laughs> he's like, it means so much to me. Yeah. And yeah. they were an incredible group. They they, they were. They donated yes. to the documentary while we were down there. Well, Whoa. quite a bit. Quite I, a bit they, of money. That, that that was that was the tearful moment for us. We were like, really? Uh-huh. He walked up to wow. me. He gave they gave it to Tank. Yeah. I wasn't there for whatever reason. I was probably petting a horse somewhere. <laughs> I wandered off a lot. Yeah. yeah back. An interesting <laughs> thing though too, where like here in Philadelphia, there's a huge amount of pride associated with Rocky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sure. Not only is it a sure. great film, but it's that's why I can't walk the streets in Drago. Sport. I'll get jumped. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like right. People will that. be very mad because. <laughs> You went up against the one successful sports hero we have. <laughs> yeah. um, he's not even fake. real. He's totally fictional. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I imagine that is similar, but probably in a much larger scale in Australia for Mad Max. What is your experience with, with like the, I want to say, civic pride that goes along with the franchise? My, I think this ties into the story we were originally both competing to tell, in that. Go ahead. The town of Bro- <laughs> the, the town of Broken Hill has immense. Mad Max pride. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, in Melbourne, we spent a week in Melbourne, and that was more cosmopolitan. And yeah. you went to see the Mad Max 1 filming locations, and it was just like, oh, yeah, I think I remember that. Like, if somebody mm-hmm. walked by and asked what the hell you were doing. Um, but in the Outback, in Broken Hill and in Silverton, that is not only their bread and butter, but it's their pride and joy. In mm-hmm. in my opinion, as a filmmaker, they're watching everybody. Because what I soon realized, I, I went in with an open mind, but a a slightly narrow agenda for what I wanted to film. Mm-hmm. And then I started realizing that, oh, the lady across the street that just like checked out my groceries, like her brother was the carpenter. Right. Uh, oh, the, the guy skimming the pool, he was the ambulance driver. Every single person had a role to play in Mad Max 2. Every single person that you mm-hmm. met. And they will gladly tell you about it. And the thing is, they're just milling about doing their everyday yeah. lives. But the minute you talk about that, they just light up and they'll mm. tell you exactly what they did or exactly what their mother or father or brother or sister did. They'll bring out one night. They, this waitress at the hotel brought out old pictures and the bar at that bar at the, the Silverton hotel that yep. we, we went to every night had plastered. Mm-hmm. The walls were plastered with pictures, just, you know, behind the scenes stuff of Mel Gibson sitting at the same bar stool. You could go sit at like <laughs> playing poker with, or playing cards with, with Vernon Wells, who was Wes. Mm-hmm. Um, we rec- we tried to recreate that photo. Yes, we did. It, ours was yep. better. <laughs> <laughs> did you Definitely. get any sense that like they knew in the moment that they were doing something that would be such a uh, like no. a big no. thing no, or they, like something they would job. have pride or nope. yeah, that's really nobody, nobody knew it. It would, yeah. it would have yeah, you, this sort you of can't passion. Plan no, I know. But I'm curious about like these sort of like this this I guess like small town kind of like thought process about that, right? Because yeah. now, twenty years, thirty years later, it's oh, it's a big thing of pride, and we were all involved in this thing. And I'm just curious how much it means to them at in well, the moment. You, you know? know how you were commenting on Mel Gibson's facial expressions and how <laughs> yeah. it's just like nonplussed. It's like that bullet sucked. Like all right, we'll move yeah. on to the next thing. That's them. Yeah, it's they're like, just non-reactive. It's just like, yeah. well, we're gonna go make this movie. Hey, we we made fucking Mad Max too. Like, all right, let's go grocery shopping. Like, it's not. Yeah. It's it's more of just a fact, and it doesn't. Mm. Except for Dennis, the mm. bikini interview stunt driver. <laughs> so that's a great story. Would you like to tell it, Tank? Well, the, the st- my my original point of the story, which you thought I was I was encroaching <laughs> upon your territory, which I was not. We were talking about that's it. The hat's yeah, going on back. Where are we at on this arm wrestling thing? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're slowly getting there. This is the build up. Um, you were talking about how things were done on the cheap. Yeah. A lot of the motorcycles that you see in the road were not so much the vehicles, but the bikes belong to local residents. Like, yeah. Hey, can you got a motorcycle? Can you yeah, bring it you out to, wanna, the, yeah. the, yeah. to the pinnacles on this day and, and just yeah. drive around, kick up some dirt? 
So the fellow that we ran into at the bar, mm-hmm, the uh, where the bike is, Democratic Ease. Social Club. The, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what it's called. called. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. We, we, they had this this deal where the, this band was playing as part of this the, this bikey uh, tour, and anybody who showed up in costume got got to get in for free. And so then they we all show up in costume in force, and the um, the owner of the bar comes over and offers you know the Lord humongous a drink. First first he said you know I, I want to thank you guys for coming because. It, this th- event didn't really kick off until you showed up. <laughs> that's what I do. I'm, I'm like the, the MC. Like, we um, do it my way. Yes, <laughs> my way. So then, so then he's like, "Can I get you something to drink?" Yeah. Well, yes, but can you get me a straw? <laughs> <laughs> I can't drink a beer through this mask. So sure enough, he shows up with a bottle of beer, probably Victoria bitters or whatever they had uh-huh. there, and a straw. So, yeah, four X. One of the one not of the Fosters. Are my no. stereotypes no. off? No, they don't know what the hell that is down there. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's um, perfectly. I totally but I've heard that's that. Australian for beer. No, <laughs> not even close. That's that's uh, piss. Um, uh, <laughs> it's Australian for piss. Yeah. I just wanted to see a commercial where they're like beer. Australian for beer. <laughs> <laughs> so we run into this fellow who's like, yeah, I was, I was in, I was in Mad Max too. Yeah. And I go, that was a different guy. Really? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. He said, yeah. When, when the, when the, the humongous gang rolls up to the gates and to make their demands, if you look all the way to the right, <laughs> I'm the last motorcycle on the end. Uh-huh. I said, fascinating. Chris. Tell, <laughs> tell me more, Chris. Chris. Yeah. Yes, we, we spoke with him outside the bar with that drunk guy behind us, and I'm, I oh, I was gonna murder him. I, I, I'm not. A, I believe it or not, I'm not a violent man, but this guy almost got punched in the face. Um, By lots when, of he, when he's drunk, and you, 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 you think you're being funny, and you're not. Like you're actually crashing, you know, a documentary interview. Like I'm, you're gonna get knocked out. Um, I've been down that road. Before. Yeah, yes. Um, Were you the drunk guy? Uh, I usually am. <laughs> so I'll knock you out later. We'll, we'll, we'll no, I tend to behave. I tend okay. to respect the filmmaking process. <laughs> But if you're trying to have a funeral or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to get off. a song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's telling us, yeah, you know, so I brought my bike down and, the, and it was green. And they're like, well, we're going to have to do something about that. So they wrapped this guy's tank and his fenders with like black duct tape. Yeah. And they said, all right, well, we just won't do any close-ups. Just like kick up a lot of dirt when you're driving <laughs> around. And so that was that was the kind of budget they were dealing oh, with. Oh, I love that. Was, yeah, it was... I- Bring what you got. I, I also love the use. idea that it's bring what you got, but hey, green's not in the color. Like, <laughs> right. we don't have the money to actually make choices like this, but I'm making the choice anyway. Green's not in the color green palette. Green didn't survive the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> but pink, pink apparently died. did. Yeah, pink, yeah, exactly. Pink did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that. That's well, so and good. You know, he came out to the Pinnacles with us the next day. Which is where yes. I got I, in, like some of my favorite footage ever for the doc, but right. and you just saw the look on his face. He was really happy to be there. Yeah, and it's what is that? If you're coming from Broken Hill, thirty minutes to the Pinnacles. Yeah, and yep. it, it looked like he hadn't been out there. Yeah, since that's he made really the movie. interesting. Yeah, and he was just like, oh, I remember like he could have yeah. gone out there at any time, mm-hmm. but, but he was yeah. surrounded by all these people dressed up. Yeah. from the movie that he was in, and yeah. all of a sudden he had this huge. Look of pride on his face. Yeah, and he was really, he's a he part was, of history. He was really happy, and he was. It was really cool to see, and that's when it started to click that like, this isn't that this part of the documentary goes beyond my my straightforward narrative of, of Tank and his friends and what he does, and mm-hmm. it just goes. This is a global community, and this is there's a legacy in Broken Hill, and I was there to witness it and capture a lot of it, and it was just really cool to see. But I think a favorite, the favorite cast and crew interview that we did in Broken Hill was Dennis, the bikini interview the bikini guy. Interview. So we went to the Democratic Social Club, mm-hmm. as you do. We need those in America, by the way. <laughs> You've been thinking that since you said it. <laughs> like, it was amazing. And um, 
The food took forever, though, didn't it? Wasn't it like a the, yes, the food took a while, but yeah. I get that that generates good table conversation. Democrats take a long time to get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> you have to create the that's equal true. amount of food for everybody. <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah no food properly. for everybody until it's all yeah. equal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this cover band playing in the next room, just like you know, your just your average looking middle aged guys in Bar a band. cover band. Absolutely. Yeah. And all of a sudden, our our friend Ian Mitchell took took us around Broken Hill and Silverton the whole week we were there. And he's a wonderful man, and he has a wonderful family. He worked on Mad Max, And he worked too. on he Mad was, Max, He was like too. a runner. You okay. Know? I think, yeah. was he in the parking lot when Toadie lost his fingers? Was he traffic control that day? Uh, yeah, there's a picture of him at the ABC radio station holding, holding the stop sign. sign, yeah. So everybody in Broken Hill worked on this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you everybody. understand that yet? Yeah. Like, everybody. That's so cool. We're not I know. Yeah, you met the guy that held the stop sign. And yeah. Everybody. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> So he knows everybody. I I would say Ian yeah, is the mayor, like the mayor of Broken, of Hill. Broken Hill. He's one hundred percent. He knew totally. it. No matter where we went, whoever he saw, he knew them by first name. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, so anyway, <laughs> that's cool that they bred people. It's like, oh, you want to get into politics? You're gonna have to help us make road warriors. That is the prerequisite. <laughs> so Ian starts looking very giddy, like he's got a secret, yeah. and he's like, "Should I tell him? Should I tell him?" <laughs> <laughs> and I start getting nervous because I'm like, I don't have my camera. I was out to dinner. Like, oh, yeah. fuck, what's he going to tell us? And I did have one little camera that was good. And it worked. The, the audio ended up being fine. And it was great. Thank, thank God. God. But um, the, the guy singing in that band was in was in the Road Warrior. Uh-huh. He's, you know, he, he's in the rape scene. And <laughs> so we, we devised this stupid plan because we had nothing better to do because our food wasn't coming. Is that a Democratic? Uh, <laughs> Is it the, yeah, the yeah. goddamn Democrats? Yeah. <laughs> Give us our steak. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, let's go walk. When they're on break, let's walk by. Tank's going to walk by. Do a double take. Like, look at me. And then he's going to point to Dennis and say, because this, this role... That Dennis played was so obscure. Yeah, you saw. Is this the yeah. broken nose guy? No, that's no, no that's Derek. Dennis, oh no, this is the rape scene. Yeah, this is the rape scene. I was the rape scene. I raped her. So he got excited about the. You know, understandable. As you do. I'm kidding. So that's why it happens. Yeah. Rape. So everybody need to tag the rape joke. I got one more now. So. The, go- the the joke was we were, Tank was going to go and be like, I recognize you. Weren't you in the Road Warrior? <laughs> Which is like the most absurd thing that, like, who the hell would ever recognize this guy? He's on 35 years ago. I'd recognize that pelvic thrust anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so Tank went over and he's like, All right. he's like, I remember you. And the, the guy didn't even bat an eye. He's like, yeah, that was me. I was in the race scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I raped her. her. I, was I raped her. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. I th- I believe that's the civic pride you were asking yes. about before, Dan. <laughs> I was talking to former guest of the show, Emily, about yes. uh, I recommended the movie Deja Vu to somebody. And uh-huh. she's, she's from New Orleans, and she was like, I can't stand that movie, not because it's bad, but because the way they shoot New Orleans is just not, the geography of New Orleans is off. Yeah. And I said, that drives me nuts, too. There's a movie called Devil that takes place yes. in Philly, but it's shot in Vancouver. Oh, and that it's would very drive me insane. Wow. And so it drives me nuts. And so there's a purity to something being mm-hmm. a product of an area that kind of, uh, what's the word, uh, manifests that civic pride. Yeah, you're and absolutely right. I think that right. comes from Road Warrior. Yeah, yeah, you are absolutely right about that. Um, Dale is a great, Dale is a great example of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, Dale Bench is a great example of civic pride. And I take back what I said about Melbourne because there was one man named Dale Bench <laughs> who <laughs> makes up for everybody else's everybody. apathy. <laughs> Dale Bench of Melbourne. Yes. <laughs> Dale Bench, as as we saw in the opening montage of The Road Warrior, uh, you see some of the scenes from Mad Max, yep. and there's the one 
iconic scene where he he's one of the bikies. Okay. Lays the bike down, and in slow motion, you see another bike oh, God, hit him yeah. in the back yeah. of the head, and it mm-hmm. looks like it breaks it's crazy. his neck. It was an urban legend that somebody oh, died yeah. on Mad Max, yeah. and it was him. Whoa. And uh, yeah, it, wow. I think it's because it is shown in slow motion that it looks brutal. Oh, yeah. But Dale was like, yeah, I just, you know, I, I got up, walked away. Like, <laughs> I had a helmet on. <laughs> but this is fucking yeah. Dale. Dale. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and Dale will even say, he's like, it was my own fault. I held onto the handlebars longer than I should have. I should have let go sooner, and... Okay, I'm yeah, glad he held on as long as he did. They shot his fucking titties. For, yeah. Isn't yeah. it amazing that that is always like a stunt performer's reaction to like when? Oh, yeah, yeah, whenever you're like, man, it looks like you die in that scene. He's like, yeah, I mean, I got up and I was fine, but it really was my fault that that happened anyway. Uh-huh. Like, no, that was and nobody's like, yeah, fault. Yeah, I I, did. You know, yeah, and yeah. that's yeah. why, like, that's that's the kind of personality you need to have to be a stunt guy. Yeah, apparently, no, like that was yeah. terrifying. It's like, oh yeah, that's, yeah. I overturned yeah. a little bit, and yeah. you know, right, so I broke my leg in six places. Guy Norris broke his leg, but he hung around, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. The, the shots and uh, him on crutches as, as Bear Claw. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Dale set us up. With, we had three days, three, three and a half days, something like that in Melbourne. Yeah, felt like nine. Da- <laughs> in a good way. People listening are just missed a, a really killer glare. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is not a video podcast, but I assure you it was chilling. Don't, don't, don't make me tell the story about the, the uh, side mirror on the minivan, okay? <gasps> don't Please. Oh, no. oh, the gloves are off now. Yes, tell the story. <laughs> tell the story. <laughs> if you don't want him to tell the story, it's going to have to be an arm wrestle. <laughs> so this is just the, these are the rules as they've been established. Ooh. You mean that time I drove in Melbourne on the wrong side of the road and the, sideswiped another car? The, the what? The one time you got behind the wheel and crunched, there it was. Mm-hmm. I'm terrified to drive <laughs> in other um, countries because did, of that. We did the right thing. We, we slowed down, but like this we hightailed it out of there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? In perfect yeah. road warrior fashion, <laughs> yeah. we got the fuck out of Dodge. All the way across could. Melbourne. Just was sliding. Out of there. Whatever, we did the right thing, but nothing ever came of it. Nothing ever came but of it. But I was so upset. You were upset. Yes. Oh my God, we returned to this thing, and and you you made the point of like never underestimate the the complacency of somebody making minimum wage. <laughs> sure <laughs> enough, exactly we returned the minivan, and when, when we pull into to wh- oh, whoever it was a minivan, it yeah. was a yeah. giant. There was a scum no minivan in the entire the Road Warrior or Mad Max <laughs> franchise. Not one minivan. Yeah. But I would like to say that Dale Bench brought an MFP magnet to put, to put on, on our minivan. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yep. Yeah. So when when we returned this thing, I specifically pulled the minivan up close on that yeah. side, yeah. like some other cars. And there's like a long line of people at the airport, uh, you know, returning cards. It's hustle and bustle, craziness going on. So the kid, and we're like, I'm I'm talking to the kid, like, yeah, yeah, we got it, we got a flight going, we got all these, these bag, and we got this camera gear, and so I'm <laughs> getting him a little frazzle up, and he just does this quick like sweep, and he can't really see around the other side of the car. He's like, okay, everything looks good here. Take that up. And I'm like, at a boy. That's what I said. To the massive scratch that Faye. Left on the side of my car. It's not your car. Well, I was the one paying for it, but any, anyway, the point is, now, this is all on the record now. Your movie just got a lot <laughs> more expensive. <laughs> yeah. There's something funny to me about just tank. <laughs> I get that a lot. Tank. Yeah. So Dale, in my God, what a, what a what an angel this guy is. I freaking love this man. He spent I don't know how long it took him to put this together, but he put together a booklet. For us, day by day of sites to go see in Whoa. Melbourne. In the order that we should see. Yes. Them. That's really cool. To make the most sense of like, okay, this day, go to these sites. Oh, yeah. That's and he gave us his GPS. It was and he amazing. had them all punched them in, all like, punched in. by really name yeah. to go see all these Mad Max. Now, I had seen these locations before he took me out four sure. years prior, but he, 
he was he was out of work at the time or whatever, so he had the time to, to take me around. Yeah. Now I had to do it on my own. I'm like, I'm not gonna know what For the most part. He would show up every once in a while out of nowhere on the motorcycle. You'd see this you hear this Harley rolling up. I think that's Dale. Sure enough. And so he had this whole booklet and map and the GPS and God, without that, we would have been flying blind. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just just the, the attention to detail that that yeah. booklet had. Yeah. And then when he was around, he'd give you great stories about it. And you saw, like, the bridge where all those the, those three stuntmen fly off the bridge and into the water. It's two that actually go in the water, just to be clear. That's great. <laughs> two, two on one side <laughs> and two like on the other side. It's amazing. I love it. Whatever, dude. Mad Max trivia. <laughs> That's fine. Volume 2.0. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, he would show up to stuff like that, and, and and again talking about not continuity, but like we said in the in the Road Warrior, when, yeah. when Max and the Gyro Captain are overlooking the compound, yes, right, and then the vehicles start taking off and they run to like the other side of that mountain, yeah. to overlook. They don't actually run to the other side of the mountain; right. they run to the side of the mountain, and it's like, like when you go there, you're like, wait, what? Well, They're that's not? like, oh, wait. So a lot of that was in Mad Max as well. Well, that's like when we went to that school, and it's the woods where Jesse runs through, and yes. you think she runs right through the woods to the beach. To the beach, and the but beach the beach is like, is an, like hour an hour and a half away. away. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's, uh, that's always I the mean, big joke with Rocky is if you follow his morning run. <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's like, like forty-five. Yeah, miles. exactly. If you do it chronologically, yeah. it's, it's but but that's Rocky. He can do that <laughs> exactly. He totally could. I, that's I why I must break him. A lot of performance enhancing drugs there, but it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> he can totally do. What's, he drinks eggs, y'all. What's yeah. the Gerard Butler movie that takes place in Philly? Law-abiding citizen. Okay, there's a chase scene in that that is wildly hilarious if you live in Philly because it's like a car chase and it, the car chase starts on seventy-six mm-hmm. and then you know on fifth street there's that little dip you can take where you yes, go like under, under a bridge the yeah mm-hmm. they're on 76 in a car chase and then one of the characters just takes that little like <laughs> off ramp like under oh, fifth yeah. like <laughs> as if like that's a way to get off 76 for a minute and come back on right. <laughs> it's like, you have to wonder if there's somebody on the film crew that says you know if somebody would actually watch this movie and realize that and the director's going they don't care. they need to get a life yeah yeah, yeah, okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they well, don't care. Well, it makes for a better back, movie. It's you know exactly yeah. to bring it back to Road Warrior when you're looking at the mountain and go, oh, that's not the right side of the mountain. All that one of the things that is so impressive what George Miller does with that movie is creating scene by scene geography. Yeah. Um, whereas it might not be true to someone who's in Australia and goes, ah, fake. <laughs> for me, the geography makes sense. Yeah. Um, from the beginning to the end, I could probably draw you a bird's eye view of most of the mm-hmm. action. Yeah. And it's not because of any skill of my own. It's because of the geography and how it was portrayed. He, he's really good at clearly, I mean, especially with the car chases where that is so easy. It happens literally every movie I see nowadays. Without that, those car chases wouldn't work. Yeah. There are very few take, uh, not takes, very few cuts that last longer than five seconds. No, I know. Uh, yeah. Most of them are, you know, it's in and pretty, out. It moves go quick. cockpit and outside. And without that... Uh, Without that geography, it would end up being the thing that we always talk about, how we hate about action today. Is yeah. It's just invisible. I, d- I have no idea what's going on, yeah, ever. Th- there was a book I, I read. Thank God uh, you feel that way. I feel that way, too. Oh, all oh, the it time. It kills me. Okay. There was all a, the time. a book I have about uh, Australian filmmaking, and there's a whole chapter on the Mad Max films and, and George Miller, uh, you know, his skills as a director. And the, one of the things that they really focus on is the morning ride of Jim Goose right before he crashes. Mm-hmm. And... What a boring, mundane thing to really show on film is 60 seconds of a guy on a motorcycle yep. just mm-hmm. riding his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Like, can we get any more 
ordinary. Like, what's the big deal? Yes, mm-hmm. a but documentary the, with footage of you pretending to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're really selling your. Don't make me drop another story here. Yeah, I've got, I've got dirt. I've got dirt. Just drop it in the mic. But the way it's edited together, the cuts and the this and and it really sets up this tension. Like you know something's coming. Yes. And sure enough, boom. You know there's there's yeah. You can feel it in the yeah. And it's it's all in it's all in the it the magic happens in the editing room. It's it's really oh yeah. Well, we we often talk about that on this show is the idea that. So much of movies now are made in post, where yeah. it's solely in the editing yeah. room. Yeah. yeah, and something like Mad Max, like Road Warrior, is the perfect marriage of both. Like, there's so much—I don't want to say there's so much pre-production, but there's so much planning on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, you know, it's not. Ah, we'll make it look like we flipped the truck in right. post. <laughs> we're gonna flip the fucking truck. Yeah, and then we're going to cut it together so that it's coherent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think a uh, and you know a lot of movies do it all in post, and it, it can work to you know to a degree. Mm-hmm. But they flip the they flip all of the trucks. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. cut it together in a way that the geography is sound. And that's that's such a rarity. Yeah. And it's weird because the trend to try and fake it is a trend that began with trying to copy things like the Road Warrior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for them to actually do it, and then for something like Fury Road to come out and say, oh, here's a reminder of how we're yeah, going to do this it. This is how it should and work. And we can use CGI and still make it work. Yep. You know, the, yeah, that's that's all I got. He's a master. <laughs> yeah. He is a master filmmaker and has been for his entire oh, dude, career. Fucking yes. Happy Feet. Yeah. Get to <laughs> I, uh, listen, Yo, I will I agree with that. Feet, I will. Oh, yeah. yeah. Happy Feet is ha- is good. Yo, yeah. Lorenzo's oil. Woo! Very few people can capture. Uh, I thought going to say and make could him look sit through it. Somewhat <laughs> safe. Oh no, Lorenzo's oil. It's good. great. I, yeah, it that's is a good. great flick. Yeah. yeah. Never saw Lorenzo's oil. It's, Ooh, it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. I I admire George Miller, and like I said before, I really. Yeah, I, I'm curious about this. Actually, you said you met Tank, decided yes. you wanted to make a documentary about Tank. Yes, but I'd never seen any Mad Max movies. Yes, that is correct. That's so fascinating. What What draws me into to, to stories I want to tell about people are people that are genuinely and, un, and unapologetically passionate about something, and that that really goes. You don't want to say against the grain, but that really doesn't fall into mainstream. No matter how popular post-apocalyptic the genre is or the cosplay lifestyle is, you're not going to be able to walk into anybody's house in middle America and talk about this. This is not a mainstream thing. It's something that most people that when I tell this documentary, the synopsis of this documentary, their, their minds are blown. Very much like mine was when I discovered that this clan of people that get together from all over the world every couple of times a year, like, that do this stuff like my mind was blown when I found out that this little world existed so no I what I had known of Mad Max was simply from the 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 pop culture that it had permeated like I knew about Thunderdome like I could make a Thunderdome I was making Thunderdome jokes my whole life I did not <laughs> yeah. really see Thunderdome it from start to finish in one sitting until last year yeah but I know dude I know but like, <laughs> I knew that Mel, I knew I'm that so Mel Gibson was Mad Max like I, I knew stuff but when I saw <laughs> But when I saw Tank walk out as humongous, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but he's got a hockey mask and an S&M harness, and I'm conv- like, I don't know what's going on. But I wa- and, and that's hot. It's, it's <laughs> <surreal>. <laughs> no, but I want to talk to him and find out what the hell's going on. It takes on. a special person to go through with that with such intensity. <laughs> you, you and yeah. Rosanna Scotto, that was that was. Oh the my, God, oh my God. God, are you ever gonna? <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, that day, uh, as you said, almost didn't happen on your end, and it almost didn't happen on my end. I was supposed to. Install a heat pump for one of my customers that you day. You interrupted me. What else? <laughs> Deal with it. Um, but I get, I get a, I get a call. Deal with it and then press his phone. <laughs> <forward. laughs> Shit. 
You're the director. Direct him. <laughs> <laughs> Madam director over here. Cracking the whip. There's a Tank Tank wrote a song about me. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, and, and we have a fan, too. Um, I, I got like two days before the day that I met Faye. I get an email or a call or whatever from the promoter of, of Eternal content. Hey, we're going to do some press in Manhattan. Good day, New York. Can you be there? And I'm like, dude, I, I, I got work. I, I've got a heat pump I need to install. Don't roll your eyes. You in, you're interrupting me to tell a story about how a news anchor in New York wanted to bang you. <laughs> Ooh. Yes, I did. <laughs> Way to tantalize us into his story. More. <laughs> I mean, shit. It was act- it's actually pretty good. Go ahead. It, thank you. <laughs> so I was and like, action. I was like, all right, let me call the customer and tell them that the electrician can't make it, so we're gonna have to postpone the installation of their new heat pump. Fine, no problem. I, I made up some story. I lied blatantly. <laughs> my, my one of my best customers and pulled it up. <laughs> So I'm in Manhattan, like 5 a.m., with a, a jeep full of mannequins, all dressed in Mad Max costumes. Because he doesn't just want me as humongous; he wants to like show some of the stuff I'm going to be displaying. Yeah. So this is a pretty big ordeal to bring these mannequins into, into Manhattan. But we get to Good Day New York. We walk in there. They parade all of us in. There's a whole bunch of us for that because it was that was the whole point of the day. And uh, uh, Rosanna Scotto and, and Greg Kelly, they're they're the, the hosts for for uh, for Good Day New York. Um, they, they they interview us and. Rosanna actually says, well, I want to talk to the naked guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so, exactly what I said. Yeah, 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 <laughs> the dawn of this whole process, yeah. is it not? So uh, she says, so, so what do you do when you're not dressed like this? And I said, well, I'm the pool guy. <laughs> and she, she says... Well, I have a pool in Westchester. You could come. This literally <laughs> sounds like the beginning of a porno. One hundred percent is. And whenever we go anywhere with with Tank, Tank, none of his costumes have like most clothes on at all. So <laughs> it's like a Chippendale scenario wherever we go. Like, there's a. Did you see the footage in the trailer? Yeah. There's women like, woo, like, oh yeah, come over <laughs> yeah. here, baby. And that's just what it is all day long with Tank, and it's hilarious to me. Like, yeah. I love filming this stuff because no matter where you go, there's at least. Like one woman just mouth open, just following yeah. him. Yeah. Beefcake <laughs> alert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was the other? Uh, my favorite story is uh, the undersexed bartender in, in Silverton. Oh, God. Wait, the under what? The oh. undersexed bartender, which is what I called her. That sounds like the title of the porno yes. that he just started describing. <laughs> is, that yeah. a, is that a Billy Joel album? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were in, again, this is a. You know, another story where Tank can't drink a beer in his mask. We were <laughs> er, we were in Silverton at the Silverton Hotel, and Tank had just given his, you know that gun box you see Humongous open yeah. up with the mm-hmm. red velvet? Um, go ahead, correct me. It's not velvet. It is velvet. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, Nailed it. You know all the details now. I mean, oh, yeah. She better. I lived it. <laughs> so I'm a road warrior now. Mm, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> That's my line. So you are and always will be a Hufflepuff. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I gave you Trump hands. As I did that. <laughs> uh, it's not something I'm in the habit of doing. But uh, sorry. You did, but did you ever see the accordion Trump hands? Yeah. yeah okay. So anyway, it's huge. It's the hugest <laughs> Hufflepuff. <laughs> so I guess when Tank was in Silverton a couple of years before that, another collective, he noticed that her her gun box on display was the original gun box. Was yeah. was. Empty. It was empty. It was not up to snuff. It was the original gun box, but it was totally empty. So Tank, that this this past year, brought his gun box to give to her. Oh, wow. Well, no, no, no. Not, I didn't give her my gun well, box. Well, you gave her a rep. Like, a, you recreated another one. You I, gave her the stuff for it. The stuff But you for brought it. the box. Okay. I brought my own box to put side by side and say, see, I got it. I nailed it. Because I brought it down <laughs> four years ago, 
and I was close. Yeah. He was comparing was, boxes I, with yeah. the bartender. You, you know, every so. guy has to compare boxes. You know? I heard something about an empty box. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I, she was so happy. Peggy? Peggy. Peggy was so happy. Uh, Peg, the undersex. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's not the undersex. So Peg's the owner of the Silverton Hotel. And Tank brought the gun box stuff to mm-hmm. her as All humongous. The yeah, that's Metal awesome. So he's wearing, he's wearing the that's mask That's really and awesome. And Peggy's like, oh, I'm so happy I could kiss you. And Tank made, you know, some kind of joke like, well, you know, you can't kiss me. I don't have a face. Yeah. And the bartender chimes in from behind, but he's got nipples. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I've come to fill your gun box. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, so Rosanna Scotta was about the nipples. But but I almost, <laughs> I, I was going to load my car up and leave after Good Day New York. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and then Frank was like, well, we're going to go now from Manhattan all the way to Long Island to do some more promo. Why don't you come with us? I'm like, dude, I just canceled one job. I didn't cancel yeah. my whole day. I, I actually have to like earn a living. But Lies. if that meant being <laughs> in front of a camera, I was like... There you go. Yeah. There, it there it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I just kind of blew off the rest of my jobs. <laughs> I must have called, made it some sound like some kind of. Oh my, I hit a deer. I don't. I don't know. Something. Something completely bogus. This lady's coming so, at my nipples. I yeah, can't, yeah, I can't yeah. Do this right now. Yeah. Can't so, turn my back on that. <laughs> they need me. You understand? <laughs> Turns out I have an S and M costume in my trunk. <laughs> I'm not coming today. Yeah. It's the whole thing with mannequins and nipples yeah. and stuff, you know pegs. It's all. Yeah. <laughs> it's all. It's all there. So I ended up going to Long Island and waited and waited and like we had all these other cosplayers that were there originally, but they're like, I gotta go get my kid from the bus stop. Yeah. I, can't I, had, any I had other assignments. Uh huh. Sure. The press release said I could come anytime before five, so I showed up at like three thirty. <laughs> yeah, and I, as I was getting undressed, I'm like, oh, she's here. Okay, I'll get dressed again. Oh, don't be a dick. I'm making a movie about you now. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a question I would love to put uh, forth to both of you. Uh, one of the things that happens in fandom now a lot is there's this argument over ownership of property. At what point does the creator let go of ownership of the property? And at what point do the fans inherit it? Um, yeah. I watched a great documentary once. Of, it was called The People versus George Lucas. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. And in, it ultimately reached a point where they said, like, you know, Star Wars has become ours, but we can't bicker too much because they are his movies. Mm. Right. You know, and, and whatever he wants to do with them, we have to, you know, we're going to have to accept. And so we've reached a point now where um, it happens with TV shows, where Lost went through it, where they were building the plot based on the preferences of the message boards. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it became, you know, at what point are we supposed to sit back and say, I'm going to accept what the creator gives us and then critique it as I will, or I'm going to reject it because it's not what I want. And the con life sort of facilitates that. I just wonder where you stand on... You know, the, the relationship I've, between creator and, and consumer. I've encountered a situation where I'm, I, I've obviously established myself as the world, the world's Lord Humongous currently. In fact, Shell a few years ago actually said, and I quote, you are the next generation of this evil character. And Shell being? Shell, Shell Nelson is the Swedish bodybuilder who played the Lord Humongous originally in, in Mad Max When did he too. say that? He didn't say the, that. This was me? in 2013 when I, First showed up for the Silverton Collective. That's down a pretty there. high honor. <laughs> that, is, that is a huge night honor. And, the next and of one. course, one of my concerns when I first unleashed this character was, how is this man going to react? Yeah. Is is he going to be like, well, who the fuck is this guy trying, right, to, yeah. trying to step on my toes? Or is he going to be like, bravo. Mm-hmm. That was the trickiest job. interview I had to do. We're getting off topic. I'll be yeah. quick. That is the trickiest interview I had to do is interviewing Shell Nelson because up until that point, 
every interview was about every interview tied back to Tank. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, like whatever, whoever I was interviewing, tell me about why you're relevant. But then let's talk about Tank and what you think about Tank because you know that's important based on what you do and what you think about Tank. And all of a sudden, I'm like, like how do I how do I approach yeah the concept of humongous and not be disrespectful because <laughs> I'm interviewing the Lord Humongous, yep. which is scary enough. Not as scary as sitting next to the toe cutter, though. That was. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. That, I saw your oh, pictures with awesome. him. Yeah. That was actually terrifying. Yeah, and like, imagine. I was like, Buffet, he's just an actor. It's yeah. not real. He's like, yeah. Yeah, he looked at me like that. And, uh, uh-huh. but anyway. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so that 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 was that was shed. uh, uh, Shell said that, and that meant the world to me. That meant that this this gentleman, this man that I've respected dearly, accepted me as I don't want to say his replacement because I I could never assume such a thing, but that I I was doing a a good enough job. You're carrying the torch for him to to recognize. Yes, this is this is. You're keeping his character alive. He's got to. I mean, I'm sure. I know he's grateful for that in a way. I I hope so. I I I I I was just very concerned about doing the character justice uh, for the fans, doing the character justice for for him. Um, This this was always weighed heavily on my mind. But uh, one of the things that I've encountered over the years was I was uh, endorsed by a protein bar company uh, for a bit. We couldn't really go public with it because when we talked about, well, we could, we could do like some magazine ads, yeah. Humongous powered by Quest or whatever. Well, I don't own any rights to right. that name mm-hmm. yeah. or that visage. Right. And does anybody really own that? Or is it like public domain at this point? Like what legality? I was going to say, if anybody, I would at? think Warner Brothers owns Warner Brothers. that, right? You know, it's Warner Brothers. I would think when when you see the name Lord Humongous, is there a trademark next to it? Is like right. I don't know. How does that work? Is separate from the business of yeah. More in terms of the creative intent of it. Mm. Um, like I always, I love the movie Man of Steel. Most people hate it, and the big argument is people go, Superman wouldn't do that, and the response is, well, Superman, Superman did do that. Yeah, yeah. Because the people who own Superman. Made him, made, do him that. Do that. made him do that. Yeah. And then the question is, are they right to say this is not the Superman I grew up with? Or are they wrong to reject what the now creators say? Right. right. And and where is that line drawn is is really the the well, what I want to explore. In in Mad Max, that's not really relevant. And mm-hmm. in, in your example's great. And in a lot of other big franchises, that's that's I think would think is more relevant because as far as Mad Max goes, first off, Fury Road is yeah, a. There's mass- really no rules to the Mad Max. There world. are no yeah. rules. No. I wake up every day and say, "What would Humongous do?" <laughs> Kill. I'm, I'm gonna do that. Uh, I mean, the the first three movies are are just standalone. Everybody has accepted yeah. them, and people really don't change. When you go to Wasteland, uh, Thunderdome permeates the most. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah. The guards the that has the most the guards. Like, yeah, regarding yeah, design. Yeah, yeah right. there's a Thunderdome. There are the guards with the mohawks and the shoulder yeah. pads at the gate. There's a Barter Town. Nobody really complains. Everybody accepts them. And Fury Road was a masterpiece. And I don't think anybody has anything to say about yeah, there, that. I guess there's really no lure that attaches itself to this yeah, franchise just, in, in such a way. Yeah, because here, okay, here's the point of Mad Max. Mad Max shows up, barely says a word, helps some strangers out of a pickle, and then gets out of there. Like that. <laughs> I'm a pickle. Yep. I love referring to any of the conflict in these movies as a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> but, well kind of go off that also two stories popped into my head one mm. is that george miller has seen photographs of yes. wasteland weekend and oh, genuinely thought they were stills from his own movies oh, i love that's that great. Yeah. i mean that's that's and a he high was, endorsement he was cool yes. with it like he yeah. wasn't like shut it down yeah, like, yeah, he was yeah super cool with it second we wondered the same thing in sydney and actually walked over to kennedy miller productions in sydney <laughs> and like knocked on the door with an envelope of like documentary stuff 
and nobody answered, which is such a shocker. Yeah, but no. we just like waved at the camera and like left an envelope at the door with a little note that said like, you know, this is a movie about George. Call me, baby. Yeah, yeah. We'll do lunch. Georgie, baby. <laughs> we just, you know, I forget exactly what I wrote, but it was like, this is I'm making a documentary about yeah. people that love your movies. You know, we'd hope. We'd love to get your blessing, and here's a postcard and a whatever we left for him, and a button or whatever. And could you please back us financially? And can you also yeah. please yeah. give me money? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I really like about, I mean, you talked about it, working within your limitations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm doing. Like, I quit my job at a television station right. to do this full time because I no, want to quit my job. <laughs> You do, you do want to quit your I job? I do want to quit my job. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Everyone wants to quit. <laughs> uh, I'm so sick of working. I'm the only one it stupid sucks. enough to do it. So <laughs> Lucky. Mm, actually, a year but ago. Here we are in our studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Palatial, no Gleaning less. Gleaning with gold. Yes, yes. Uh, Is that what? a gold record on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> Just says Garrett on sh- with Sharpie that he wrote on <laughs> yeah. the gold yeah. record. <laughs> um, one year ago yesterday, I quit my job to do this full time. Ah, so wow. exciting! And yeah. no, f- no, f- no job ever would have let me would have let me take all the time off that I needed for this. Well, you because you've gone to Australia for this and spent a lot of time there. Uh, well, yeah, this time last year it it was right before Dragon Con, so it was like five days in Atlanta and then ten days in California yep. and then an entire month in Australia, and there was just there's just no way I could yep. have a job and do this thing. And the thing is, I was getting a little disenchanted with with television and journalism i've been doing this 10 years and i'm so grateful for it and i don't know what else i would do except just kind of tweak how i'm telling my stories which is how i'm trying to move into long-form documentary filmmaking versus daily news storytelling i just got i got tired of the the tragedy and the sadness every single day and the dead bodies and the funerals and just like you just you see too much after a while and i always wanted a way out but meeting Tank was the first real door opening for me that I saw to exit, to make my exit confidently. Because, well, like we've both touched upon, we weren't, there were a lot of reasons we shouldn't have met that day, mm-hmm. but we yeah. did. And I, for one, am incredibly grateful that we did because it's changed, not, it's changed everything. Not one thing is the same today that it was a year ago. Not one thing. No. And including just me as a person, it's made me, so much stronger and so much more aggressive and so much braver in so many ways and I'm so thankful for for that and the journey that you've you've brought me on I feel like I'm just kind of riding your coattails holding a camera (laughs) but it's been a blast and I had total faith in you that if I quit my job you weren't going to be like you know not really feeling this camera thing. Follow me around. You know? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I hate that. <laughs> what a beautiful symbiosis, though. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. I, I feel like you're both pulling weight to create this this wonderful thing. We are. Tank's. Yeah. Tank's done a lot for this documentary. Tank is. Tank is a very important part of this documentary. Even though I'm the one that approached him and ultimately have the the creative control over the story and the narrative, and you know, he does he doesn't pick up a camera or anything like that, but. No, I'm the star. (laughs) (laughs) We cleared that earlier, I believe. Star. He's going to remind me 10 times, Garrett, that you called him the star. Only 10? (laughs) What if we we (laughs) pulled it back and say you're the subject? Uh, (laughs) I call him my subject. subject. Mm -hmm. Just to piss him off. Mm -hmm. Um, Tank, what was I saying? What was the point of that? You you and I being the team that we are. Oh, yeah. So. (laughs) Oh, how quickly we forget. (laughs) Anyway, God, look at the time. Uh, We work incredibly well together. Really? A really yeah. wonderful friendship has forged. And a deep trust is 
I think evident in between us both. And I, there's been some really intimate moments where Hank has said afterwards, he didn't even realize I was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that to me is like the ultimate yeah. success as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and the same with, with, with me trusting you. I, I quit my job and I left my apartment that I loved more than anything in, in New York. <laughs> I left it all to just to make this, you know, I don't know. I think that there's, there is a beautiful symbiosis in that. And I, and yeah. I am really thankful for that. Tonight uh, all ends with an arm wrestling match. That's <laughs> right. But the, one of the, the things that she was referring to, which is oh. very special uh, to get real for a moment here was two years ago at the Silverton Collective. I, I attended in 2013. Mm-hmm. I had a planned on attending in 2015, but there was uh, a production company approached many of us wastelanders about a post-apocalyptic reality show that they were pitching to the oh, yeah. channel. I believe, of course, and uh, they wanted me to be the leader of this tribe or whatever. So we were in negotiation to see if this thing was going to come about, and that was hitting at the same time as the Silverton Collective 2015 was going down. So I didn't want to be out of the country when all of a sudden we get the green light from Discovery yeah. Channel. Like, yeah, let's start filming like tomorrow. Yeah. Well, okay. So I ended up not going. Um, that ended up being, I, I guess, a blessing in disguise, perhaps. A good friend of mine, one of my friends that I first met at Dragon Con, he was also a wastelander. He's one of my dogs of war, meaning he's, he's, he's part of the Lord Humongous tribe. He's, mm-hmm. he's, and he was loved by everybody. He was most known for his portrayal of the Screwloose character from Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, okay. I often say that there are certain characters that people are born to cosplay. I was born to be the Lord Humongous. He was born to be Screwloose. Our, our, our friend uh, uh, Robert is the real-life Peter Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> Look him up on Facebook. He's, the, uh, he's yeah. called the real-life Peter heard, Griffin. Yeah, I've yeah. Seen in this every guy, way, yeah. shape That's and form. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. He's a beautiful human being. Totally. Yeah. Um, so my, my, my young friend Lance, who's in his early 20s, uh, went down to the Silverton Collective and dream come true. I mean, for anybody who's a fan to go yeah. to the, where they film the movies and to, to you know ride vehicles and, and motorcycles like in costume and stuff. I hadn't been on the motorcycle. <laughs> You're in, like, selling me on going. <laughs> 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 I want to be in Mad Max. Oh, cool, uh, I hadn't been on the motorcycle in like 15 years when <laughs> I when I went down there. Just in my jeans and a flannel. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> <all right. laughs> um, 15 years I hadn't hadn't been on the bike, but I got the Silverton in 2013 and. A buddy said, "Here, did you take the bike out?" Yeah. Like, okay, you know it's well. It's like riding a bike; it comes right back to you. Before you know it, I'm doing 100 miles an hour <laughs> yeah. on this road in the outback. Because guess what? There's nobody around. Yeah. And you can do that. Doesn't matter what side of the road you're on. Yeah. You can film a whole movie okay. <laughs> <laughs> at speed. Uh, so, so Lance was out there living the dream. Yeah. And unfortunately, there was an incident that uh, he he crashed. Yeah. And he, he died instantly. The the coroner said he he broke his neck on impact. Mm. And uh, everybody who was at the event witnessed it. It happened right in front of pretty Whoa. much everyone, uh, children included. And there's still people to this day that are haunted horribly by this, mm-hmm. the, the visual uh, and the emotional aspects of it. Um, long story short, and not to bring this down to no, a, a horrible level here, but Faye and I, one of the things I always said I wanted to do when I, when I went back in 2017 was I wanted to go out to the Mundi Mundi Mound, which is, again, this is where... Uh, Wes does the wheel stand yep. going up the mound at the, at the end of the opening chase scene. This all took place right there. I wanted to go out there and at sunrise and just catch up with my my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, some people sent me letters to to read to him. His mother asked me to bring out some <laughs> chicken nuggets and ketchup because that was his favorite <laughs> snack. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I did and I tried to eat these 
microwaved chicken nuggets, and they were god. I got like two of them down. I'm like, I'm sorry, Ma, I can't, I can't do this. This is this it's is really the gross. gesture that counts. Yeah, of course. The thought was there, and there was a couple trinkets to bury under yeah. a rock, which we'll go back and, and look for again later. But mm-hmm. I spent what at least an hour, two hours, two hours. I didn't. The time just flew by. Just me facing the sunrise in the middle of the outback, talking to my friend whom I missed dearly, and Faye was there with a camera on a tripod and yeah. a camera on her shoulder, and. As as I said, it was it was like she wasn't because it there there's you can tell when something like that is staged or something like that yeah. is real. And the tears that I shed and the emotion that you see, it was all real because it was like I I felt like I was alone. Yeah. So I could I could be brutally honest with myself. Mostly. That is pretty amazing that you got to live that moment without feeling like there was any kind of intrusive presence. Yeah. Um, and still get to capture that moment for your film without having to feel like you interrupted that that very right. personal moment. That's um, a concept that fascinates me about yeah. documentaries, and that's something that's so rare in a documentary. Uh, especially, I mean, we're a bunch of film nerds. You can see where the artifice is. Yeah. And the, the fact of the matter with any documentary is that very rarely does the presence of the camera not affect the reality of what's going on in front of, of the lens. Yeah. Short of planet Earth where they're filming from satellites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, it's, the camera is always going to have an effect. And yes. so to minimize that, I think, is the goal of most documentaries. Mm-hmm. What I love and what excites me about your film is that the nature of being a cosplayer of putting on a show, which obviously has grown into you know something very personal there for you, to be able to have it, I, I feel like there's going to be a, a level of reality here in the final product that you won't see in many documentaries because of a the quality of the filmmaking, as you say, you know you you were gone from it even though you were there, but also just the demonstrative nature yeah. of what it is you're capturing is about per, being performative. It's already performative, and so to be able to capture both of those things is something that. It very rarely happens in a documentary, and to hear that that's going to happen is very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to hear that's that. very cool. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Well, it was a little weary at first when I got to Broken Hill. Some people were afraid I was going to try to like dateline this and yeah. like make mm. it a big expose about this accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there were there were parties involved that were genuinely innocent, but were still involved, and mm-hmm. people were very worried that I was going to come and and cause problems. Mm-hmm. And th- I, I tried my hardest to demonstrate that that was not my my intent. That was not my interest. And there were several days before that sunrise moment where people would want to come up and talk to Tank about Lance. And I was right there. And they'd just look at me. And I'd say, go ahead and talk about Lance. And I, I put the camera down and I walked away. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't need to be here to film this. What I need is Tank at sunrise. Right. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get that. So please, like, just yeah. Yeah. I mean, let, to- let me be respectful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two years prior, obviously there was there was a media storm yeah. around, the, around the incident, yeah. and yeah. we we tried so hard to keep this personal and keep it quiet, and, and the media still slipped in here and there, but we did not want to sensationalize what yeah. happened. Oh, cosplayer Rex re- yeah. recreating a scene from the movie. No, he was on. He happened to be in a costume. Yes, he was not recreating anything. He was not doing a yeah. stunt. He was riding a motorcycle, having the time of his life, and there was an accident. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, we there was there was definitely concern, and that you know I thought I thought you handled that very well. Thank you, and I think I eventually proved everybody that I was not there to yeah. ruin anybody's 
time or, or reputation yeah. in any way. You were there to film that big naked guy that was walking around. <laughs> yeah, uh, big stupid naked guy. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think so many documentaries <laughs> in in an effort to draw eyes err on the side of exploitation when it's, as a documentary filmmaker, your job isn't necessarily to editorialize, it's to capture. Yes. yes. Yeah. And she has to deal with a guy who, who like, as soon as that camera goes on, I'm like, click. Yes. Time to perform. She's like, don't perform. Just be yourself. I'm like, but the, the camera's on. Yeah. Is that is the reality, though, that you are capturing yeah. is the performative nature of being Not tank. always, though. Not, Not always, well, but I mean. Okay. I, yes. I mean, Tank does have that strong personality mm-hmm. all the time. But when the camera's off and Tank and I are just talking and he's just like. Like world weary and being yeah. sincere, yeah. and then it's like whoa, got whoa, whoa, whoa. sand all over like, me. He's like, yeah. Anyway, guys, so we had a great interview in the outback because I asked you each question four times. Four times. <laughs> She's not kidding. Yeah. And I would just keep looking him in the eyes, and I would say, "Tell me again. Tell me again. <laughs> Tell, me again. Mm-hmm. Tell me again." And by the fourth one, it was actually him. Yeah. And you got to break through the layers. <laughs> what, a, what a great process. Yeah. yeah. That's I figured cool. it out. By Australia, I figured it out. <laughs> well. I got to do like two more with you like that. This, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah so how much do you have to go with the doc? Like, oh, God. Well. Where are you guys at in your process? Years. Film. <laughs> Eons. <laughs> I remember the doc. Is it ever documentary. really going to end? Yes, <laughs> it began with the forging of the great rings. <laughs> well, okay. Well, the reason this went from being a weekend project yeah. and, a, and a three minute video for my station that I worked at to this year over year long project is because Hank immediately sent me his schedule for the year mm-hmm. of all of the events, all of the stuff. And I'm like, well, shit, this sounds amazing. So we met yeah. in June, but I see on the schedule, all this stuff happening in like September, like wasteland weekend. And uh, I gotta drag, have that. Dragon I Con. I'm like, well, geez. she had no idea how deep the rabbit hole. Went. <laughs> I did not, sir. I did not say in wonderland. So, <laughs> Uh, I've re- I immediately realized that no, can't. I'm just gonna have to keep filming this until I say stop. Yeah. And so we're about to come up again on Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. Is well, Wednesday we, we leave fly. Wednesday. We leave My Wednesday. God, where is, is that? Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Yeah. Shit, dude, we leave Wednesday. We leave friggin' Wednesday. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So we just shipped our weapons out today. Oh yeah, we gotta tell that story. <laughs> yeah. I want to tell that story. Okay. But anyway, so yeah, so we got. <laughs> We've got Dragon Con in, in downtown Atlanta, which we're going to be there from Wednesday to Monday over Labor yeah. Day weekend. And that's insane. The footage from that is insane. And I can't wait to go back and shoot it again. I'm looking forward. It's almost like a do-over when you didn't need one. Yeah. Because last Dragon Con went great. Last Wasteland went okay, except for that friggin' dust storm. Yeah. Um, but that's how I got the nickname Dust How guy. appropriate, <laughs> though, to Mad Max for I know. it to be right. a dust storm. A seven-hour dust storm that like destroyed my camera. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oof. Sucked. Oof. Yeah. So, but anyway. I fucking hate sand. <laughs> I know you. I I'm allergic so to it, right? Oh, so, that's the worst. Um, so we've got Dragon Con, and then we have Wasteland Weekend, and then we were toying with an idea that didn't work out, unfortunately, to go to Tokyo yeah. well, with Shell Nilsson and get the two human guy together. Oh, but yeah. Shell had already committed that weekend to a con in Germany. Yeah. So I said, well, I said, that's fine. Out. Let's just go to Germany. As yeah, we've got to get yeah. something together with him. Well, definitely. Now yeah. we, we have can, something if we can together. Pass the hammer or pass <laughs> the torch. Oh my God. Would be well, I have great footage of the two of them flexing. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. So we have stuff. It didn't work out. We were supposed to meet up with him in Australia, and God bless him, he had some medical issues, yeah. and that didn't work out. And then we were supposed to get together in Tokyo, and that didn't work out because of uh, prior engagements. How but cool is it that he, too, can still embrace Road Warrior? Yeah. You know, and just still kind of just make uh, a hobby out of it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? 
what what are the chances that a woman who's never seen Mad Max <laughs> starts making a Mad Max film and then finds herself in a room with the entire cast except for Mel Gibson for yeah. three days straight? <laughs> It's, it's a, beautiful. It's a once-in-a-lifetime reunion, 35 years <laughs> in the making. They are, what, 20 feet from your table with yeah. your mannequins? So I just ping-ponged from that wall to that wall. That wall was Tank's uh, collection. This wall was an entire panel. It was Bruce Spence, um, Emile Minty, Shell Nelson, Vernon Wells, and Virginia Hay. That's crazy. And all weekend long, I'm just like, boom, boom, back boom, and boom, forth, boom. And, and nicest people you'd ever meet. They They humored me with my stupid interviews with them and <laughs> they were just and i i had kind of wrangled them about i would just go over to them and be like hey you know there was nobody at their tables i'm like tank wants a picture with all of you with you know they all just get up and do it like i'm like why are they listening to me they're probably as as just blown away as anyone else that they're just still able to be they had yeah. fun you know with in, in a celebrity yeah. way yeah. over something yeah, that were, from what i understand was just like a local project at yeah. the time you know you were saying when we were watching the Road Warrior what a what a sweetheart Bruce Spence was, the gyro captain. Uh. Yeah. And I remember some of the things that he said about and it really touched me, uh, was he was he was impressed by my dedication to the to the characters, to the collection. Um, we haven't even talked about the, the collection. I have I have the largest <laughs> Mad Max collection in the US and it's I have what, ten mannequins? I need like another dozen just to display the screen accurate costumes. Not right. to mention bins and bins and bins of props and weapons and you know, you stuff from all four movies. But but Bruce said it it's because of me that this is kept alive. Hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's actually Thank where you. it kind of becomes fan ownership. Yeah. Whereas if there's no new material coming out, it's your job it's and it's your to, it's your duty and your on. joy to yeah. just yeah. keep that fo- you know carry the torch mm-hmm. yeah that yeah. was the 30 the 35th anniversary mm-hmm. of the film those people some of them hadn't seen each other in 35 years they're all just blown away that this was by tank they were blown away by you i interviewed i interviewed bruce i interviewed everybody about them and their, yeah. their thoughts on the film and the anniversary and then i was like okay now what about tank and they're like oh my god like that's amazing oh, it's like incredible that. like look at that and there's footage of bruce playing with the the telescope and yeah does he put on goggles or something bruce Mm, I don't think he put the goggles on. I know he had the dinky dye can, perhaps. Maybe, but he plays Maybe with the telescope. He plays with the telescope, definitely. And Emil plays with the music the box. music box and the boomerang. <laughs> uh-huh. yep. And they just—they were having a good time with yeah, it. Vernon Wells amazing. just loved to walk up behind people and choke them out. <laughs> 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 it was pretty well, good. Yeah, so it was incredible. When I walked up to Emil Minty, who plays the feral kids uh, in the movie, I walked up to his table. And before I even got there, he just saw, he was so nice. He saw me and he's like, he stood up. He's like, yes, Faye, what can I do for you? <laughs> <laughs> like, again, why are you listening yeah. to me? <laughs> That's so good. It was just crazy, but everybody That's was amazing. so nice. Yeah. yeah. When, when you talk about ownership of the character, the, one of the things that I've done um, is, is when I do any character, it's usually a character that I'm passionate about. I've been, I've been asked, oh, man, you should do Duke Nukem because you got the haircut. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a flying fuck about Duke. Nukem. Yeah, okay. I'm not. He Duke stole Nukem. his catchphrase from Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so right. totally not cool yeah. by me. I've been yeah. told I should do Iceman from uh, from Top Gun because oh, you yeah. look like Val Kilmer. I'm like, I'm not wearing a freaking flight suit. I'll be a guy in a flight suit. <laughs> so like, I'm looking at you right now and I'm thinking Sabretooth. Yeah, with the side the the side yeah. thing that the same right fucking thing the whole time. Hard I've been told that even be passionate about what even. Yeah, I've never been. What is the saber There's not a single superhero that I'm I'm passionate about. Believe it or not. 
I, I tend to gravitate towards villains, but I think that just happens to be how I look, perhaps. I'm not sure I why. think a lot of, of media that ultimately becomes the piece of a con is villain-centric mm. because we write them as the most interesting part yeah. of a comic book. Yeah. Batman's great, but his rogues gallery is second to none. Sure. You know? yeah. um, so with, with um, the humongous, I mean, that's obviously my, my, my bread and butter. Uh, I've made the character... I, I've researched the character top to bottom. I, I I work on the not just the voice, but the inflection, the the accent, the way he talks, the way he walks. Like, I I don't just put the costume on. I become the character. I, I I gain that mindset. In your teaser that we watched, I noticed in the one shot of you on top of the mountain, you were doing a fidget hand gesture yeah. that yeah. was very true to the oh, character. Yeah. I thought. And I thought, wow, what a what a what an amazing choice. I to wondered have made. if people were going to notice the hand. It was the first thing I noticed. It was just <laughs> it felt like. It it felt real. A lot of times when I when I'm rehearsing for a character, say uh, by way for instance, Roy Batty, when I was yeah. getting ready for my oh, boy, I my, love my, my premiere of Roy so Batty. Good. I'm on the airplane. I've recorded the lines off the movie, and I'm listening to them on my iPod. I have them printed out in front of me, and I'm reciting them and reading them on the plane. So I'm, I'm hearing them. I'm reading them. I'm like they're getting into my psyche. I'm trying to recreate the feeling of how they're said, and people around me yeah. <laughs> must be like I'm listening. You know, I've done questionable things <laughs> i was gonna ask and if you I'm could do tears saying, for us. Yeah. <laughs> i'm saying these lines and people and I, i've got headphones on so i'm like in my own world but i'm yeah. saying them out loud and the yeah. people are probably like what the fuck <laughs> is wrong with this guy Scaring this jack dude over here is saying crazy shit yeah. you know, at least drago i had like four lines yeah because yeah, he has four like, lines. okay that's that was i got this if he dies um, he dies you yeah, will lose um <laughs> don't <laughs> But I with got you, thoughts on Rocky Ford, let me tell you. <laughs> with humongous thoughts. it's it's obviously that's that's the character. That's yeah. what I'm known for. That's what I that's what I do. So the character has had to grow. It's I've I've grown past what you just see on the screen and I've had to bring it to life uh, above and beyond all that. And a lot of what I do, believe it or not, when I I do weddings as the Lord Humongous. He appreciates really? weddings. I, it's in what? the doc. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. I was I was asked by a wasteland couple if I could officiate their wedding I said well let me look into getting ordained let's so do this sure but we do it my way do it my way <laughs> <laughs> and so, that's true can I talk about can I talk can I pick up this for a second of course you can so <laughs> I hate you <laughs> I'll allow it <laughs> as host of this show yeah. we will co-sign on this yeah, co-sign on this we're in charge here you do co-sign. it our way <laughs> you <Yes>. puppy <laughs> <laughs> what, what Tank has brought to life in the humongous character is he's brought a really great and surprising amount of humor. That and was where I was going with it. I know you were, but <laughs> I thought it was some more humble if I said it for you. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. So he That's a director. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is a director. She found the story. <laughs> so he last year in Atlanta, he walked into we walked into a panel, and for whatever reason we were like a, a minute late. Like it hadn't started yet, but everybody was seated and ready, and there was just an empty seat up at the panel for Tank. And he comes Bolting in, I'm bolting in after him with all my gear, and he sits down, and there is a, a drink in front of him, but he had the the mask, the mask, and he just knocks it over. He's like, I can't drink this, like, <laughs> and the whole room just started laughing, and it went from like this, okay, like what's happening, to like, oh, everything is fine. Yeah. And the weddings that he officiates are hilarious. He uh, has a, a severed hand with the rings on it, like, <laughs> oh, cool, it's, it's funny so stuff. Good. Yeah, you bring I, one of my favorite. This was actually behind the scenes. It's not you weren't performing for anybody, but is the picture of you in Manhattan. As humongous in front of a 7-Eleven with the mask just up over his nose drinking a slushy or a Slurpee. A, <laughs> a Slurpee, slurpee. Yeah. yes. Let's get it right. And uh, that's my favorite picture <laughs> ever. It's just like 
New York is behind him. He's in front of a 7-Eleven. He's got the mask up and just a little slurpy straw. Yeah. And you just there's just something funny. There's so much potential when he puts that that costume on. Oh yeah. Because normal situations immediately become absurd. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing in that absurdist format mm-hmm. of just okay, well here's everybody else in downtown Atlanta wearing normal clothes and there's tank plowing through them <laughs> dressed as humongous trying to get to the convention. Mm-hmm. Um, there's with the stride of a T-Rex. With the stride of a t- <laughs> one time, one time. I love that. I said I that, that one time about you. <laughs> I was complaining that it's so hard to keep up with him. The first couple weeks of this documentary are just going to be his back and yeah. me running after him. I did not figure out. Can we get out, the steady cam, please? I did not figure out how to be one step ahead of him at that point. But um, now, now I am. And now I just, wake I'm early. really good at walking backwards. But I think Humongous is kind of a funny character yeah. when you look at it sort of from a third-person point of view. So for you to be able to you know, add a little bit of yourself to it and create, you know, create humor... Is still true to that character. Yeah. yeah, I would think so. And I think you do a great job. And people are always intimidated and always scared oh, yeah. to come up to him. I see it's it. Surprisingly so. I see it. People circle and stare and circle yeah. and stare and chicken out and then try and chicken out. Yeah. And eventually I started like nodding silently. Go ahead. Like it's fine. Get, like, in, there. get in there. And they're all, I'll say the same thing. I was so scared to talk to you, but you're so nice. Mm-hmm. And I think that. He's got such an intimidating look to him. I mean, that's what drew me to him. Like, who is this like giant naked man? Like, who? Is, like, what's <laughs> yeah, going on? Yeah. You keep saying naked. I'm not actually naked. I yeah, have my S and M harness on. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and your hockey mask. Though. Yeah. He's yeah. got nipples. <laughs> <laughs> my chaps are not apple- assless. Appless ale. No, I, I even at Wasteland Weekend where I'm, I'm there. These are my people. This yeah. is my family. These are these are all the people that are squitting out over the same shit that I squit out over. Uh, I love that term. I've never heard it before. Tank either. Squitting out. They they like f- are very trepidatious to approach me, and they said, "Excuse me, like Mister Humongous." <laughs> I swear to God, they'll call me Mister Humongous. All timid, like Mister Humongous. Would it be okay if I got a picture with you? And I'm like going to time it at the front of a car, right? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, get in here. What do you think yeah. I'm here for? I'm here they for you. Him, they call Tank Wasteland Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful. I, I have love footage it. of people saying, I'm never shaking this hand again. And they mean <laughs> it. Like, it's nuts. I, I actually, I think it was 2013, I had a rock star moment um, when I came down. I, I introduced, I, I kicked off Wasteland Weekend. I got up on the main stage and riled everybody up before Attack came out and played and when I came down off the stage, I full on needed like security to push people just back. So many people, I got were, swarmed. Wow. Like it was, it was kind of scary. Like I was going to go down. I was getting jumped on by people pretty much. Um, I, wow. I mean, <laughs> who You're knew? the Beatles. You're the when Beatles I, of Wasteland. I'm bigger, bigger than the Beatles. Um, <laughs> which makes you bigger than Jesus, right? <laughs> yeah. way, yeah. way above Jesus, way please, above Jesus. please. <laughs> so one of the best. He is a lord. Yeah, <laughs> he crucifies people. We saw it in the movie. Oh shit! The biggest, the best compliment I think I've ever gotten uh, in my cosplay endeavors uh, came 2012. I would say at a haunted house in Buffalo. I'd been hired by a, a, a an old friend of mine from way back in the Misfits days. He runs like the haunt, largest haunted house in, in Buffalo. This place is it's phenomenal. Um, but in the lobby, it's like four separate haunted houses, and in the lobby, as you're waiting in all these lines, he has people in costume and in character, like running around and just keeping you entertained yeah, sure. as you're waiting. So he brought myself and, and my friend Andrew up as, as Humongous and Wes, and a lot of people were, didn't get it because we weren't really in the horror genre. Right. But those who got it were like, 
Holy shit, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, but there was a, there was this young kid, maybe 13 years old, who was kind of keeping his distance, but he was following me around, checking me out, like like Faye was saying, like not sure what to make of me. Yeah. He finally got up the nerve to come up to me, and all he said was, I wish you were my dad. <laughs> wow. Like, oh my God. Let's take a moment of silence for that kid's real yeah, dad. Yeah, holy of all. shit. Like, wow. What do you say to that? Like, yeah. There, there's no comeback. Like, I, that's it. You want me to beat your dad up so he learns what it, kind of man he's either, he really either this guy's a real douchebag yeah. or you, like, really think I'm something special. Like, yeah. that, that's, all right, I'll raise you, but we do it my way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's tank. That's everywhere. And I've said this in interviews before. People come up to you and people that have never even met you. And pe- if there's no difference between somebody who's meeting you for the first time and somebody who's known you for years, they come up to you with a certain awe and reverence in their tone and in their eyes. And they are earnestly asking you very sincere questions about what you do and how you do it and how they can do it and how you inspire them to make them better at what they try to do. They say, well, I thought I was doing okay, but I see what you're doing and I see who you are and I realize that I need to step up my game. Whether it's, I mean, even your best friends, friends that I I know that you've had for years and then now that I've known for a year, they look at you with such respect and even though, I mean, your friends and your equals, they still definitely put you up on a pedestal in some way and I think that's a big draw to you and I think that was one of the things that drew me to you as a storyteller was... The what you inspire in other people, whether it's somebody just seeing you in a video or a photo or somebody that actually comes across you in the wasteland or at a con, you are constantly stealing the spotlight in any room. You stole the spotlight today at FedEx. <laughs> you gotta go back to that story. So yeah. we'll go back to that story. <laughs> Where go ahead, you tell it. So I I, I have some odd weapons that need to be brought down to Dragon Con, one of which is road pigs. <laughs> Cinderblock Just every hammer. sentence that you start saying is like amazing. So I have, so I have an odd assortment of weapons. That, yeah. yeah. Um, so this is not something I can just throw in a suitcase. This is a Cinderblock freaking hammer. <laughs> uh-huh. I had to make a case just to ship this thing. Um, so it's like a massive rectangular lollipop. It's the strangest <laughs> thing. So uh, we bring it. It is a hammer, but a rectangle. <laughs> right. Pretty much. He's a poet too, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> That's deep, man. Uh, I'm here all week, folks. Um, so we're, we're we're sending these packages out for me to pick up in Atlanta. And what what, what exactly was the context that she said? Okay, what here she was said the here in? was the context. Sure. So this poor guy is in there cutting. <laughs> Cutting pieces of a box apart, <laughs> taping them together to make it fit whatever he's trying to ship. His kids are being are being kids, but they're being very well behaved. But his kids are being kids out in the foyer, throwing a stuffed animal back and forth at each other. You know, this dad's just had a day already. Yeah. He's taping a box together in weird ways. So Tank and I walk in, and he he's holding he's holding the handle. <laughs> Were you holding it over your shoulder? Probably. So he's got <laughs> a giant, it's a giant Rubbermaid bin, however many gallons of a Rubbermaid bin that he cut a hole out of the bottom so that the, the handle it's of like the... like a PVC pipe that yeah, sticks out the bottom. Yeah, and so it's this huge hammer. So it's clearly a hammer, even though it's Th- been packaged is, the, in something else. The hammer's else. actually inside. This the is the case inside. for the so hammer. So this is just a Rubbermaid with a PVC pipe sticking yep. out of the bottom that he cut a hole out of, and then he has little... Uh, like rock climbing clips. Yeah, carabiners. There you go. <laughs> yes. And uh, there, that's how it's all staying fastened together. Yeah. And he just kind of walks in 
with it over his shoulder and like ah, sets it down and everybody stops what yeah. they're doing. And even the guy like frantically sweating while his children are throwing toys and trying to tape a box <laughs> together, he just goes, what is that thing? <laughs> <laughs> and then it just the whole the whole conversation immediately became about about you and and what we have and all of a sudden the guys like the guys telling the FedEx woman like if, if you could pick it up you're you're Thor you're <laughs> yeah, <there."> yeah. <laughs> nice it's Thor's pretty good so but what 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 did she say though yeah. oh my god what did she say but about you that was so complimentary no the, <laughs> about the label. Stupid. <laughs> no, I think that's hilarious. You can't, you can't just pitch that. And not no, say it. come on. You got microphones. Let's hear it. Yeah, I think it's stupid. She, she said something. She said the word jerk off, but she didn't mean it. She didn't mean it like jerk off. And the whole room just got quiet. I was like, <laughs> like awesome. we all just like put our heads down. And she was like, you could tell she paused. She's like, yeah, I said jerk off. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I, just, I said I went there. She's like, sometimes this just gets jerked off real easily. <laughs> just like, sometimes it's a little harder to jerk it off, but. Uh, <laughs> What she meant was the label on his package. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The label on my package is hard to jerk off, apparently. <laughs> you, are... <laughs> you know it's late when the, when the jokes sink to, a, to an all-time low. You're a good man, Tank. Good, good man. Going, seriously, though, going back to what you were saying about like some of my, how my, my about friends... About how great I am. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, how some of my friends... Reveal, like people who are truly my friends, not just fans, let's say. They're, they're people I've, I could have like deep, meaningful conversations with. The, the reverence that they show me, I would like to think that a lot of that is because what I do is genuine. It's, it's like, my, like my pony? <laughs> <laughs> Here I am being serious and... Stop that. And, uh, Stop yeah. that now. Well, I know if you yeah. did it for the adoration, I wouldn't be interested in interviewing no. you. No, Tank, you're right. It is genuine. And here's the thing. Tank, I'm a, I'm a part of these Facebook groups, these private Facebook groups for Wasteland Prep. And people address him there as my lord. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my I didn't lord. ask them to do that. This was not something I started. My lord, you yeah. earned the it. campsites have been have been uh, obtained. Yeah. My lord, yeah. there'll be three RVs. That's and so a, good. Yeah. And if this pleases you, <laughs> <laughs> but that's and just the other day, yesterday, uh, you were driving from your house to Paul's house to my house, mm. and that was a couple hours. And Tank's been working really hard hours and doing lots of Oof. crazy stuff in his personal life, and. I was really worried about him getting to Paul's house. So unbeknownst to I Tank, so. I, I called, as soon as I hung up the phone with Tank, I called Paul and I said, keep an eye on him. Mm-hmm. Like, watch him. I'm worried about him. Trick him into sitting down and staying if you can because mm-hmm. he needs to rest before he drives an hour and a half back up yeah. to my house. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I would do anything for Tank. Like, I'll do anything for him. Like, just, <laughs> and this is like one of his oldest friends that just like, they're all just ready to jump to help you. And I think that's because they know that you would do anything for I would him. do the same. Yeah. yeah. Without without a doubt. And I think that's what makes this group of friends that you have so special. Not only did you all find each other somehow in this like post-apocalyptic <laughs> fetish <laughs> that you have, but you all genuinely like and respect each other. There's no like stupid bullshit for the most part. Like, we try to we try to steer clear of the drama. Yeah, you we steer clear of the drama, shit. you're just a bunch of grown ass middle aged men playing make believe in the desert. It's super cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I can't overstate, I'm sure I speak for you as well when I say how much it means to us that you came out to do our show. I oh, know you yeah. guys traveled some way to do it. And yeah. that a testament to what you're saying, I mean, 
We're happy to be yeah. here. Yeah. Thank We're you, happy so, thank you so much for being interested in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that means happy. a lot. So what the that's like kind of the last thing to, to kind of put a bow on it is when can people expect to like see it and where can they find it or to track it now as it's uh, twenty thirty its production. Five, I think. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My fiftieth birthday. Bad actually <laughs> yeah. happens. Yes. We will have yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When <laughs> when the apocalypse actually happens. Yeah. We're no. working on it. <laughs> um, well, filming wraps. Yeah, we are working on it. We're working on it. Good. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. but Except instead of mountains in the background, there's going to be a really shitty wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, it's so true and depressing. <laughs> um, filming wraps in October. Okay. Unless you decide to oh do something. God. We, we, I, cool. I'm, I'm, no, really, knock it I'm, off. Filming's over I'm in October. I'm still thinking how we can get Shell and, and myself together. Well, yeah, me too. Like well, yeah, down. and that's something we could just pick up. And but also yeah. DVD special feature. So, you know, <laughs> oh, the blooper reel. Commentary track. The, the blooper blue, reel oh, at the end of this uh-huh. is going to be amazing. I've already like got a whole folder of like stuff I want to play at the I'm end. Sorry, and where is that photo located on your laptop? Oops, delete. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what, <laughs> well, what the folder? A folder. Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry, we don't have access don't to Don't worry, your there's like three, there's <laughs> like three backups. Three backups. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. talking about working with your limitations and George Miller and how I respect him, I have I'm doing everything. I got really creative with gaffers tape and microphones, <laughs> and um, how I working honestly. No, no exaggeration. Three cameras at once. What? Um, yeah, duct tape is awesome, but gaffers tape has the edge. Just, yeah, it's yeah, a right? little yeah, bit yeah. more versatile. Oh, totally. yep. I filmed his. <laughs> thanks. The, the the gift of gaffers tape allowed me to film his mother's wedding in St. Petersburg this no. past winter, which she officiated dressed as a knight, by the way. Side, oh, side hell note. yeah, dude. Side note. Well, she was marrying a man named Rick Knight. Rick Knight. She, <laughs> she, she so asked awesome. me. This this is this is funny, no, but No, wait, true. we're tying up. I, no, I know. Oh, that's fine. Take your time. She asked me to officiate her wedding, and what an honor for my own mother to yeah, ask that's me amazing. to officiate her wedding. Like, wow. Okay. And let you dress up in costume. And, well, she said... <laughs> but I, that's a mom. She but, yeah, yeah, that's so true. She's a wonderful lady. But I want you to do it as... Jim, and I said, "I'm sorry, who? Yeah, well, who's this Jim guy you're speaking about?" She wanted me to do it as myself. I'm like, I don't know if I can, Mom. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so used to doing things in character. I don't know how to just be Jim. Like, there's no pizzazz to that. So luckily, she said, "Well, I'm marrying a fellow by name Rick Knight. So why don't you knight us and wear your armor that you made, God, thirty fucking years ago?" It, it was such a beautiful weekend in Florida, and the ceremony was beautiful and really mm. heartfelt and in her backyard. And then I sat down on New Year's Eve with uh, Tank and his mother in, in her backyard and just had a really nice, very long conversation mm. with the two of them about Tank's you know, upbringing and where he is today. and His shortcomings. Everything in between. <laughs> and it was just a beautiful conversation. And when you see the two of them sitting together talking, you see how simpatico they are you just see that they are Mm. both just the same person in so many ways and the level of respect emanating from the both of them towards each other is just so wonderful and i can't wait to put that part in the in the in the documentary because if i think everybody will enjoy it just as much as i did it's a beautiful relationship that you and your mother have she's so supportive (laughs) i've never met a woman more caring and more non-judgmental and like i i'm wearing a costume to Dragon Con and my mother immediately told me I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and Tank's mother's like, sure, dress as a knight and marry me. That's cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's, this, who's this rich knight character? He sounds like a real catch. <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, he's a cool dude. He's he a is. very cool dude. Yeah. 
I, I've, I've actually known him since I was like 14. So really? when, I, when I heard that there was a relationship brewing, I'm like, awesome. Mm, like, yeah. I better get that okay. armor they're ready. So, yeah. They're such a cute couple. Yeah. <laughs> better polish that armor. Yeah. yeah. I put oh, on that so chainmail, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it was like I, it almost it buckled my knees almost. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how you did. Try it. fighting in that stuff. Ooh. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me just go back in time real quick. I think fully kitted up. I was about three hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. it was insane. I, he put it on me, and I, almost, I, I swear. But anyway, that, that's a wonderful. <laughs> anyway. That was a wonderful part of the documentary, and all the weddings you ordained at Wasteland and and at your mother's house. That that's with the power. Assumed by me. <laughs> that, that always gets a big laugh. And, and, and it wasn't even intentional. Like when I do, when I was first asked to do the wedding in 2014, I think it was, I said, all right, well, let me, let me take the typical wedding spiel and combine it with Lord Humongous's speech. And let me throw in a little twist here and a little twist there and maybe get a chuckle. I had, when I said the power assumed by me, like they love it. They yeah, went. They love it. They fucking that's lost so their shit. That's the really funny yeah. too. I yeah. think that's he nailed. You nailed it. Yeah. It's but you know he tries so hard behind the scenes. You make it look effortless. You make everything you do look effortless. But <laughs> it's far from. But what the doc, what the documentary the shows yeah. is yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. Just you you've seen me at my worst. Like I have. knees buckling, about to physically collapse, mm-hmm. sick, yeah, stressed. And I've yeah. seen you trying to do important things in your life while trying to memorize lines for plays. Mm-hmm. I've seen you just, I've seen you j- juggle 10 things at once that most most people couldn't juggle two of those things. And you have 10 things going on around you at all times. You're the one who said, I don't know how to say no. You don't know how to say no. Mm. No, <laughs> I just said it. See, I learned. <gasps> so smart. Tank, can you get, get me a no? I don't make monkeys. I just train them. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> my God. Did you just quote Pee Wee in front yeah. of me? <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there is my a, heart. There is <laughs> a, love Pee Wee. There is a Pee Wee quote in one of my songs for my DJ set this year at, at Wasteland. Like which he DJs as th- DJ. There's the another side note. <laughs> this documentary. Well, this yeah. just keeps this, unfolding. It's great. It's I told you the so rabbit long. hole goes really freaking deep. Uh, In 2014, I freaking lose track. Uh, one of one of the the main event organizers at Wasteland Weekend is, is a very close friend of mine. We do Dragon Con together. Um, and, say we do drugs together. <laughs> well, that that, too, that goes without That's saying. That's Dragon Con. How do you think we get through freaking Wasteland? Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned to him in the hotel room, I said, what, what do you, th- I've got this idea stuck in my head and I'm just going to run it by you. What do you think if like at the pit, which is where the DJs yeah. spin at Wasteland, it goes to like three in the morning, big fire pit. What do you think if like Lord Humongous showed up for like an hour, just like unannounced and spun some tunes? Jared's like, that's a fucking great idea. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Okay. So I had never DJed in my life. I yeah. no fuck. I've never seen a console. I, I didn't, I had like a 15 minute crash course from the, the head DJ there. I showed up unannounced. I had my set put together. Um, I knew nothing about beat matching or, or, or over mixing or double. I just played some fucking songs. <laughs> and the fucking crowd loved it. Yeah. So Jared was like, all right, so next year you're going to play on the main stage and yeah. you're going to kick off the whole event. So one thing leads to another. And before you know it, I own like all my own DJ gear, my own <laughs> lighting rig. I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting hired to do shows in Yonkers and in Newark and, yeah. and like... Mm-hmm. DJ Humongous is. A oh, I was gonna say time. I would hire it's, DJ Humongous like, right now. Alone. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, name alone, done. Yeah. What, what started out is just like a goofy idea. People always ask me, "So, do you make money doing all this stuff?" I said, "The only thing I really make money at is DJing, and yeah. that was never even my intent. That yeah. just like kind of it was a silly thing that just just happened." So, Tell you what, if I was at a club or something and DJ Humongous came out, I would 
without a doubt lose my shit. I, Even had I never seen Road Warrior, I'd be like, what the fuck is the this? Let's go this crazy. It, it's a very, vi- you don't just listen to what I spin, you watch me. Because I'm, oh, I'm up there pounding my fist, I'm stomping my foot, I'm sweating <laughs> yeah. my ass And that's off. another that's another example of him behind the scenes practicing relentlessly. Mm. And then he just shows up on stage and it looks right. like this perfect thing that he was born to do. But you work your ass off at everything you do mm. and nothing you do is by any means normal. <laughs> Can I and ask what Pee Wee quote made it into your? Oh yeah, set? yeah, yeah. There's there's um a Decrypt song, um, Solitary Rider, for whatever the fucking name of the song. It's about a about a motorcycle rider, and uh, there's some things oh. about uh, you know I'm a loner, daddy. Oh, yeah, I'm a yeah, rebel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know there, you there's some things. You, there's me. some things you shouldn't know. Some things you things you couldn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Things you wouldn't yeah. understand. That's all things. thrown in there. You shouldn't, shouldn't understand. <laughs> that might be my favorite comedy of all time. Oh, it's I absolutely love that hands, movie. so good. Hands down, an amazing film. Yeah. Everyone I know has oh, a big yeah. butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, the, the whole damn now? thing. I'm sure. There's no basement in the Alamo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember? I love it. Pee Wee reference. When I worked for the Misfits, we'd have to line check the mics and the amps before we do you know full sound yep. check, but just before the band goes on, you double check, just do something real quick. And when we were in Texas, and I would check the microphones, I would have to put the it out stars there. Stars at uh-huh. night. Yes. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and the crowd would always reply <laughs> because they knew what I was fucking doing. Oh, you got it. I love it. Yeah. Yep. It's so, so uh, I mean, I guess we're probably about to wrap up. Yeah, no, I could go on what's all night. What's your, your roster, what's your roster of characters? Oh, dear God. I'm not prepared <laughs> for this one. Yes, you are. I, I, ha- I had this written down at one point, and I ran out of paper. <laughs> um, I started out as... All I wanted to do was Mad Max cosplay. Yeah. Um, people would say, like I said, you should do Duke Nukem. You should do this. You should do that. I'm like, I'm, I have no interest in anything but Mad Max. When my good friend, Max Wolfpack, who uh, built the U.S. humongous machine, he's built some other vehicle. He, he's, a, he's, he's right up there with me as far as uh, the insanity for Mad Max goes. He said to me, I'm putting together a Dreadnought group, which is Dreadnoughts for the G.I. Joe oh, yeah. villains. Mm-hmm. From uh, Cobra, very uh, Road Warrior inspired characters, putting together a dreadnought group for uh, Dragon Con. I'm going to build a real life Thunder Machine, their vehicle. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is the level of These authenticity people, we yeah. bring. Yeah, yeah to the to, we're going to put in the parade. I want you to be Road Pig. Mm-hmm. Now, Road Pig came out after I was done playing with GI Joe, but I remember being a, a, a senior, 1989. Boy, that really dates me. Um, <laughs> and seeing that character, you know, in the package on the on the shelf. And going, wow, there's a G.I. Joe character with a fucking anarchy tattoo. How fucking cool is that? <laughs> and he has Wes's wrist crossbow, no less. Wow. That's, mm-hmm. that's fucking amazing. So I knew right away who this character was. Yeah. And for the first time, I was like, I would consider doing that. Yeah. I just I already have the flat top. It just needs to be white. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I put this together, and it, it was fucking awesome. It's one of, the, one of my favorite characters to do because I get to be... A character, I get to really right. play it up. Um, that was one of the first pictures of you I ever saw the day I met you. I looked you up on Facebook, mm-hmm. and there's a picture of you as Road Pig, and he's like, "What are you doing? You're like biting into a can of grape soda, or like, yes, yeah." <laughs> and there's just like splashing everywhere. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, like I'm totally into this as a documentary. <laughs> like yeah. whatever this is. Yeah, I don't have footage of that yet, but I will this weekend. Of course, at Dragon Con. Yeah. Finally, finally, this will be the first time you see Big uh, Big yeah. Boa. Listen to me, uh, Road Pig in real listen life. Listen to you. So listen to me. Your uh, I, I can't keep on <laughs> so once the hair went white, it opened up a whole new world. <laughs> 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 so. Uh, you know, a, a good friend of mine, Lon, who does, speaking of Rocky, mm. he normally does the Hugh Jackman Wolverine, and he's known the world over for this character. He was actually asked by uh, Warner Brothers, whoever, to, 
one of those Fox. big theater, to be at the premiere of some Wolverine movie with he got to he got called on the red carpet as Wolverine to interview the cast of X Men. Oh, that's funny uh, because yeah, this, he's that good at Wolverine. He's yeah. that good. Awesome. He nails yeah. it. Monster Mash. Monster Mash with an L Thank on you. Instagram. Monster yeah. Mash. Um, he but at, at the conventions he'll he'll do that for the weekend. Then he'll shave the sideburns off and he'll become Rocky Balboa. That's crazy. And, and he's ripped and he's cut and stuff. So as soon as I did the the, the blonde flat top, I'm like, oh yeah. I need to get together with Lon, and yeah. we we got it. And I, I sent him a picture, and I, I ran it by him, and he was like, oh, God, yeah, we need to do this. And as far as talking about bringing the epic, yes, Lord Humongous is is epic in his own right and really shines at, at Wasteland Weekend. But when Lon and I get together as Rocky and Drago, you will see people it's amazing. piled up. Well, <laughs> see me act like a 12-year-old girl. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> that is. This is no exaggeration. I we, love it. He and I will get together. We'll put on the boom box with Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. We have a choreographed fight scene that we go through highlighting some of you know the scenes from our, our match where I finally get knocked out at the end. <laughs> and the, the Drago should have won. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Rocky was an asshole in that movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He left his kid home alone on Christmas in the care of a fucking robot yeah. on a vengeance yeah. mission? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> the Americans were assholes throughout that whole movie. Yeah. You, anybody comes to the stage doing a whole performance of living in America with Jay, I'd be like, I hope he gets killed in the ring tonight. <laughs> and I would immediately think that. It, yeah. You anyway, will, go ahead. I'm will, sorry. I'm very passionate about Rocky. You will lose. <laughs> if he dies... He does. He and even that, yeah. that was less of him being cold and indifferent. I think that was a language barrier issue. <laughs> <laughs> he was essentially saying, I don't know how to help him. I'm right. just a boxer. If he dies, <laughs> he dies. He dies. He dies. They're like, not, he doesn't I'm not the care. Medic. He's not supposed to care. <laughs> yeah. I just punched like him in the face. You're chalking up their rivalry to just a language barrier. It's totally a language barrier. <laughs> so what about that morning we were at breakfast at Dragon Con? Oh, yes. Okay, so... Um, I'm supposed to meet Lon on uh, on Sunday to do our whole Rocky Drago thing. We we know that we need to put like a whole day aside because the crowd reaction will just be that it's big. So oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So Faye and I are seated in the back of this restaurant in the in the uh, uh, the lobby of the Marriott Marquis, waiting for Lon to come down. And uh, we're we're finishing up, and I, I hear a little bit of commotion. I, I look back, and I'm like, oh, okay, there's Lon over there on the other side of the, the restaurant. People are stopping him to get pictures. So I uh, go ahead and, and uh, sadly. Me and my T-Rex stride. Faye was not following <laughs> me with the camera when this this happened. But as I'm was about, that what it was? yeah, you you jumped up. He leaves without like <laughs> without warning. He's just like boom, and he's like oh, he's God. like the flash. He's like out the I'm like you have to tell me if you're gonna immediately vacate the premises. I'm going to immediately vacate the premises a lot, so be prepared. <laughs> vacate your face. Right. <laughs> anyway, so as I'm about to make the turn over to where Lon is with these fans taking pictures with him. I hear this guy say, man, the only thing that would like make this like really insane would be if, if Drago was yeah. with you. Just as I walk up and the guy like, no fucking way. Oh, my God. It's, it's like a dream come true. And then there's fate. Oh, I missed it. That's not <laughs> fair or accurate. Look, it's a bus. Boom. Sorry, Faye. I am doing the job of like 10 people. Yes. You'd be yes, nice you to do, me. You do, Does Lonster's... I almost called him Lonster Squad. Lonster Mash. Lonster Squad. Lonster Squad. Solid. Yeah. Does Lonster Mash do the? If I could change. Oh, he could do that. He <laughs> do, as, I, as I'm laid out on the floor, he does the freaking speech, and I it, could change. Yeah, yeah he he does the speech, um, and the, 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 this was completely impromptu. And this is some of the magic of Dragon Con, uh, is that at sometimes like I need to back up a little bit here. 
magic at Dragon Con. We've all seen Christopher Walken hosting Saturday Night Live. I got a fever, <laughs> and the only prescription is more cowbell. Okay, so going off of that, the character, whatever the guy from Blue Earth to Cold, whoever the cowbell player was, there was somebody cosplaying him okay. at Dragon Con. That's amazing. Yeah. There were actually two people. I remember Bruce Dickinson was the producer. Yeah, was the producer. Yes. Yeah. yes, I am the Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. Um, I do it. I make gold records. <laughs> like you, I put my pants on one leg at a time. Yeah. Um, there were two guys cosplaying this character from Blue Oyster Cult with the cowbell, and they both looked spot on. They didn't know each what other. What an odd thing for they, even one yeah. person to cosplay. They, you will see some amazing things. Oh, my Beautiful. God. Amazing things. obscure stuff. You're like, holy shit, you did yeah. it. I, saw, I, get it. Yeah. I saw a girl's old Greg from the Mighty oh. oh. I got him in China. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. You've seen my downstairs mix-up. <laughs> That's good. So they encounter each other on the floor of the uh, at the Marriott Marquis, and this freaking cowbell off <laughs> goes down and shit just like got fucking real i mean they're like circling each other and they're like ting 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 with the cowbell the other guy be like yeah well ting, would you ting, say they ting, were ting. exploring the space with the cowbell <laughs> <laughs> and, and a crowd is like developing around them and my friend my good friend randy who's one of my oh randy he was he was doing a ron burgundy <laughs> so he's in there with his news crew. He's got yeah. the microphone out. He's like, <laughs> well, this, this shit's about to get real here in Atlanta. Did you roll up with your trident? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think I was I was some other naked guy that night. I was, I was, I was, I was, a, I was a little drunk. So the, this cowbell. So so things like that will happen. And like you totally didn't see that coming. Yeah. But fuck if I won't for, remember this for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so Lon and I are doing Rocky Drago. We've got a crowd going. This other troop of quote, boxers shows up and they are cosplaying every character from like Mike Tyson's Punch Out or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like yeah. Classic Nintendo. Yeah. Glass uh-huh. Joe. Like, Soda Popinski. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love God. it. Yeah. And and they're coming up and they, they each King Hippo. Each one of them has to face us like one at a time. Yeah. And it just it was completely That's impromptu. Amazing. And the, the the crowd is actually around us all all shouting this is awesome. like, you can't make this shit up. That's yeah, amazing. This is fucking magic. It's so much fun it to is. watch all this stuff happen. I wasn't there for those years. No, no, that was that was the year before, I think. Yeah, yeah. I am sold. If there's a chance that anything <laughs> even remotely resembling a real life Rocky movie happening around, that's like, <laughs> yeah, it's so dream. much fun. It's just everybody just cutting loose and having the best time I've ever seen anybody have. Like, no judgments, yeah. no holds mm, barred. Yeah. Just, uh, the, just geeking out about their favorite stuff. The whole Rocky Drago thing became such a big deal that ESPN got footage of us doing our our faux yeah. fighting scene. Like, really? E- ESPN yeah. fucking N? Oh, my God. The Ocho. <laughs> the Ocho. <laughs> um, That's so amazing. That is you, amazing. You were asking about the, the repertoire. I, I added Conan the Barbarian a few years ago. Yeah. Um, great story with that one. Took him to New York Comic Con 2000. Whatever, whatever. I don't even fucking know anymore. Um, I get there with my my business partner, who is uh, the middle brother from the, the guitarist and the bass player from the Misfits. That's how he and mm. I know each other. We worked together for many years with the band. That was successful. We started our own business together to, to try and make that successful. He's into cosplay as well now. He does um, Superman, Batman, Frankenstein, Nosferatu. Oh, anyway, cool. Oh, his Nosferatu it's is good. Out of the it's, this it's fucking amazing. world. Yeah, it's oh really my good. God. That's cool. We went to Comic Con. Is he doing Myrna or Herzog? He's not doing oh, the, Herzog. The, yeah. No, what's the, the original? The original? Okay. The original. Yeah. The original. Um, 
He was he was a Nosferatu. His girlfriend was an amazing vampirella, and there I was as Conan, specifically Conan the Destroyer, in the second <laughs> movie. We get to the Javits Center. Uh, we're getting stopped for photos you know, along yeah. the way. That's to be expected. Um, we're in the lobby, about to actually set foot on the convention floor. Conan, Conan, can I get some pictures? Okay, cool. I'm there posing for pictures. They're standing there waiting for me with some other people that that, that work for us. And I said, you know what, guys, go on in. When I'm done here with these photographers, I will. I'll text you. I'll find out where you are. We'll we'll meet up. No problem. Well, eight hours later. later. Yes, very SpongeBob. Eight, eight hours, hours later. later. <laughs> Ocean Man. Um, <laughs> they come walking back out of the convention, back into the lobby where I was standing when they left me eight hours prior. I am still standing in that same fucking spot. <laughs> Getting my fucking picture taken. That's what it is. That's wild. I could not fucking move. Th- that's the tank diet. That's why I lost 10 pounds. Yeah, you don't move. Crazy. You can't even go to the bathroom. I had to pee so fucking bad, but without a handler. Yeah. A lot of times, right. as, as an over-the-top cosplayer, you need someone to be well, like, I handled you to get to the bathroom. Well, that, that year, but the year before. You didn't have I'm me. Like, you weren't that lucky. I, <laughs> the Conan, the way Conan used to be set up was it was a two-person operation to put the fur diaper and the belt back on. <laughs> so if I went to the bathroom, I was going to be walking around like half-naked. Well, all naked, I guess, at that point, because I was already half-naked. Um <laughs> So yeah, so that's that's that was Conan. Yeah. Um, so God, the rest of the repertoire we we mentioned Roy Batty yep. from Blade Runner, which that's is a, awesome. Is uh, I love doing that character. I now I do the the un I do the wet in the rain version, mm-hmm. and I do the uh, the clothed version. Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lucius Malfoy is yep. a recent addition. So we do a, a full family cosplay of of Harry Potter. My oh, wife is, cool. is Narcissa. My kid, my son looks just like Harry Potter. Just like it's really? Harry Potter. Yeah. And my daughter looks very much like uh, like Luna. Oh, okay, we, now, awesome. we now have a Bellatrix. Who's that? Hmm. We have a Bellatrix Lestrange I sitting right here. I got roped into being Bellatrix. Yeah. Oh, cool. in. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. You were so reluctant. Like, I don't want to do that. Wait till you see me, though. It's going to look fucking it's gonna cool. It's going to look fucking really cool. Yeah. Um, Guile from Street Fighter I threw together oh, just dude. Dude. Sonic Boom. Yes. <laughs> I threw that together just because there was a party that was a, an 80s video game theme sure. at Dragon Con. So I had like a week to put this costume together real quick. I ended up taking like second place in the costume contest. Yeah, nice. dude, you've got the hair. I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. That's I wake up and there it is. <laughs> um, so uh, there's there's that. I'm bringing back uh, the Uber Immortal from 300. Oh, uh, wow. nice. Yep. And, and in fact, a, a friend of mine is friends with Robert Malay, who played that character. Yeah. Um, and he has shown him pictures, and Robert was like, "Wow, that, that's pretty fucking awesome." Yeah. One of the things I've gotten into is is meeting the actors who played originally played the characters that I cosplay. Yep. As, I'll meet them as that as character, character. Get pictures together. And uh, I met... Um, Ajax. James Remar. Ajax oh, yeah, from cool. The, from the Warriors. Yeah. And, and he remembered me. He's like, hey, it's the tank. I'm, you know, I'm like... Uh, yeah. so yeah. James I have Remar that on film. Yeah, I have James, awesome. James Remar being like, tank. <laughs> it was, so it was cool. great because when we got yeah. a picture together, he's like trying to put his arm around me. He's like, God damn, you're huge. <laughs> <laughs> but what was funny, I, oh, I met him, I, I met him yeah. that morning at Chiller Theater. That afternoon, I went and changed, and I, I became the Russian from The Punisher, who was played oh, by Kevin Nash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I go and get my picture with Kevin Nash. This guy's making me look fucking tiny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I have elevators in my boots that make me 6'6", the most uncomfortable things you can imagine wearing, and yeah. Kevin Nash is towering over me. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Jesus. Uh, the Russian is one of those characters that most people don't get it. They see the red and white striped shirt. Right. Like, uh, where's sure. Waldo? Yeah. What's yeah. going on? Then they see the, the the butterfly knife sticking out of my chest, right in my heart, and they're like, 
Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, so that's in there. Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have a, a very large uh, WWF uh, 80s wrestling group. It's great. And I was asked if I could do Mr. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. So I, I got the red trunks with Mr. Number Wonderful embroidered across the butt. Everybody nice. you reveal in this repertoire, I'm like, yeah, I could see that. Oh, like every time, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. yes, of I'll course. Find, that's I'll find Oh, the, the, the wig for Mr. Wonderful is hilarious because it's totally, you know, 80s Florida yep. redneck hair parted down the middle, feathered back. But th- that was Mr. Wonderful. M- Paul Orndorff was the first person I met, like in character, and he sees me c- walking in from across the room. He's you know doing a, a signing an autograph for somebody like in Allentown, wherever we were, and he stops what he's doing and he stands up and starts doing like a golf clap and goes, "That is the coolest fucking thing I have ever <laughs> seen." That's awesome. And you know, and I I had the exact boots made. I had his robe made. I mean, I I bring every last bit of detail you know to the to the to the table, and I just to hear him like. You know, because he always played like an asshole. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, okay, is he, this guy going to be a dick to me or not? No, he was like, that's that that's amazing. That's cool. Um, boy, who else? So, uh, yeah, Uber Immortals coming back this year for the first time in like four years. That's a lot of work. The prosthetics that yeah. go into that, like two hours of makeup. Jesus. Um, and that, that was do you every, do your own makeup when you do that stuff? The first time I did that, a friend of mine um, helped me with that. This this year will be the first oh, time I'm bringing that, that out. Yeah. What do we Holy got, Mr. shit. <laughs> oh, we got the, the trunks? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, boy. I have so many pictures of your butt. Yeah. <laughs> the first picture you ever took of me, I think, was my butt. The first picture... Oh, would you like to see the first picture? Oh, this dear is God. not a visual... I mean, this is not a uh, visual podcast, so I don't know how well it's going. <laughs> well, we need to do something about that. About what? About the visual, visual podcast? podcast? Yeah. All right. God, who else? So, so Big Boa from G.I. Joe. Yeah, cool. Um... Jim Goose from Mad Max. Like, tons and tons of Mad yeah. Max characters. I have over 20 screen-accurate Mad Max costumes in all, from all, all the crazy. different movies. Um, but other characters... Oh, if if you're familiar with Phantom of the Opera... <laughs> this is where it all began. Look at that mom. <laughs> <laughs> that well, the kids look terrified, but the mom's like... Mom's like, uh, mom's uh, like uh, yeah, I'm all about that, Heidi. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's great. That's the dawn of the whole project. Oh, my yeah, God. That's that is so funny. She the saw that took this and changed like, the world. That's the butt that changed the world. Uh-huh. There it is. There it is. Yeah, that little girl hit puberty, some... I think, in this picture. Oh, <laughs> really? You had Mom to go went there? back to puberty in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, the list, the list goes on and on. What I, uh, I just had one. Who, who am I bringing to Dragon Con this year? We have Bud from Kill Dramatic Bill. Mechanic. Oh, cool. B- well, we have Faye I'm is doing kiddo. Beatrix oh, kiddo. Awesome. Nice. Yep. Are you doing the yellow jumpsuit? Hell oh yeah! yeah. Hell oh yeah! Tori Hanzo too. Hell yeah, dude! I, I he stopped making to... swords years ago. Yes. <laughs> he swore he'd never make one again. What did you do? He's got an attic full of them. It I turns out. <laughs> I mentioned your name. Yeah, yeah. You know those swords are priceless, right? <laughs> not in Houston, they're not. Yeah. So tank, t- I've lightened up a lot. The first night I shot with you, I had to wear a mohawk made of horsehair <laughs> <laughs> and like arm plates and elbow pads. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. I felt like a goddamn idiot. And then I realized that it is fun. Yeah. And mm. it's great and it's liberating and it's just a not, it's way better than drinking or uh, like other ways you could blow off steam. Yeah. Dressing up like movie characters you like is hella fun and you can. Oh, yeah. Like I bought, a, I bought a new flask. I'm gonna like <laughs> cut loose a little more this year uh-huh. at Dragon Con since uh-huh. I have so much footage already. Yep. Yeah, but so yeah. if I could lose this gut and get myself into a Spider-Man suit, you would never yeah. see Dan Scully. <laughs> <laughs> you would only see Spider-Man causing trouble in the world. I'm into that. Yeah, yeah. make yeah. that be happen. Cool. Make that happen. I, I tend to to go. I tend to gravitate to 
epic characters. Um, again, with the, with the physique being a part of it, with, with yeah. Conan and with the hum- humongous and, and such. Um, and there have been the requests where I'm like, that's just, that's not enough. Yeah. That, that, I'm sorry, you know, uh, Iceman is just not enough for me yeah. to, to commit to. But I'm also aware of other people's cosplays. And I, I, was, I was having lunch with, uh, again, my friend from, from Wasteland Weekend who does Dragon Con with me and my wife and I. And I said, why haven't we done... General Zod, Ursa, and Nam oh, dude. Superman 2. And Jared said, that's... Because the three of us, like, our sizes, our physiques, what, yeah. like, he's like, that's a fucking great idea. Then he pulls out his phone and goes, but... And he starts flipping through his photos. I saw this group, you know, yesterday or earlier right. or whatever. And that he showed them to me and I common, said, yeah. if we can't do it better than them... No reason to do it. it. Yeah. It's, it's been done. It's been done to that level. That's pretty interesting. So you're also like kind of like aware of the community itself yeah. and I what's went, being done and what's being done well. And Sure. When I was asked to do Conan the Barbarian, the movie version, the Schwarzenegger version, um, I was aware. I didn't really know this fellow, but I knew that there was a well-known Conan cosplayer um, that has been at Dragon Con since God, it's dawn and very large fellow. Yeah. Um, so before I agreed to it, I reached out to him and said, hey, you know, I, you, you might know who I am. I, I do Lord Humongous. And actually, I, I knew he knew because he, he met me. And he was like, I was out of costume. But he's yeah. like, you're, you're Lord Humongous. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. And he complimented me. And I was like, oh, wow, that, that, that means a lot. From he's such from a nice guy. Big guy. Yes. Yeah, my, my, my good friend, Dave Collins. Um, I asked him, I, I said, I, I've been asked to do this character. I know that that's what you're known for. And before I commit to it, I... I I don't want to step on your toes. Right? Yeah. I want to show the proper respect. And and he was so moved by that. He was like, that, that's so unheard of in this day and age. Yeah. And he said, listen, what I do is comic book Conan. If you want to do movie, movie Conan, we're not, oh, you know, we're, we're yeah. completely separate there. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, he said, regardless, I'm a fan. You're a fan. Let's, let's do this. Let's, let's do it up. Yeah. And we actually have quite a large uh, uh, Conan group. We have a really amazing Tulsa doom. Like this is uh, becoming a thing. Um, so I think you you spoke with him last year a little bit on the. Oh uh, uh, yeah, little interview. I briefly interviewed him. It was super hard to hold the camera up. At He's so big, yeah. <laughs> he is a big fella. It's just gonna be a shot of his nostrils. <laughs> He's such a nice guy, and he is massive. Yeah, yeah. just yeah, really, really big. Giant, like he's a giant. It's like it's like hanging out with like a slightly smaller version of Andre the Giant dressed yeah. as Conan. That's like crazy. it's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be bringing a new version of Conan this year, one I've been wanting to do for a couple of years now. In the first movie, when they uh, break into the, the, the tower, yeah. they've got the b- black and white body paint on, mm-hmm. the camo version. And I'm, I'm finally unveiling that. I had a, a very a specific... <laughs> 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 um, I'm squitting out of here. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that word. <laughs> we, we brought it back. Um, I'm very particular about, and this is something I talk about in some of the panels that we do for cosplaying, is you, you know, say uh, you're cosplaying an MFP officer from Mad Max. They wear, you know, head to toe black leather. Yeah. If your black leather pants are baggy, I'm not buying the character. Yeah. I'm sorry. You do not look like a tough guy in baggy leather pants. (laughs) They have to fit you. It's a uniform. Get it freaking tailored. Pay the hundred bucks, get it done right. And that's one of my pet peeves. I've seen people put fantastic costumes together and then throw some cheapo right. synthetic wig on, and I'm like, "You haven't sold me on it." The yeah. wig is—it's like, it's just like a beacon in the night. It's so when I do a character like Conan or Lucius Malfoy, I'll have—I'll pay the extra money to have a, a wig professionally made that's going to a fit my head, b it's going to be real hair, it's going to be styled, it's going to be the right color, the right length. Well, let's whatever. give Ember a plug. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, uh, well, Ember Brennan Sparks—that's her her 
public name. I guess mm-hmm. we'll we'll stick with that. Um, she has made her, uh, Faye's she made Bellatrix, Bellatrix wig. Yep. She made my Conan wig. She made my Lucius Malfoy wig. She made my wife's Narcissa Malfoy wig. And these are perfect. So Knocked realistic. Knocked them out of the park. Oh, my God. But funny story, the first time I put the Conan wig on, it's just long hair kind of parted in the middle. And I'm wearing, like, street clothes just to wanted to try it on look in the mirror. And I'm like, I was unenthused. I'm like, I look like a bum. <laughs> like, there's nothing. I'm not buying it. And I don't know what transpired, but I tried it on later down the road with... You know, I'm I got I got the tan now. I'm I'm shaved and and I I put the I think it was the the neck. I'm shirtless. I've got the necklace on and I put the the leather headpiece on with it. And I look in the mirror and go, "Holy shit! I'm fucking Conan the Barbarian!" <laughs> oh my god! You do look an awful lot like him. That is one yeah. of the things that Very people strange. say when I when I cosplay that like you look just I, like. There's Arnold. a brief shot of you in the trailer on a subway. Yeah, uh, yeah. in yeah. that costume, <laughs> and it is. It's the anger of the holding door. The, the it's we remarkable. were riding the M, the M train from yeah. my house to the Javits Center. <laughs> yeah, it, it is honestly remarkable because, uh, like, sitting in front of you right now, I, you don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger no, to me. But no. in that costume, even just that brief second in that costume, it's like, oh, that is. Oh no, that's him. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah wait, who, which, yeah, which yeah, one? Yeah. Is what that? am I looking at? Yeah, right. How, how many walks? How many walks? How many blocks did we walk to get to that subway? Me dressed as Conan walking through Queens. It's a mile. My God, the reactions we got we <laughs> walking got, down the street. We got beckoned into a restaurant, and like little girls were like covering their eyes. They were like so That's shy. Amazing. Yeah. So what funny. about the mail lady? Oh, the mail, the postal worker. Oh shit, she said something great. It was a, yeah, she did. What did she say? I don't remember, but it was it well, was a good it thing we awesome. recorded it. I, yeah. <laughs> All I could think about was her. She's walking behind me. And I'm I'm walking along and I got my Conan boots going. Bam, 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 bam. I've got Saturday Night Fever stuck in my head. I'm picturing the opening scene of, yep. of the back of Travolta's feet. Just I'm like, so we, I filmed the back of his feet. And I'm like, we'll never get the rights to this song. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm so doing this. This will be some sort I'm of. I'm just picturing what's it? Uh, Hercules in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, what was? Uh, uh, but I, I said I, I like to do the the epic characters and bring a very specific level of of authenticity to them. But from time to time, I like to do characters that people will look at me and be like, wait, what the what? But then one person out of the crowd will look at me and go, oh, my fucking God, you're the guy who did that character, and I fucking love you. Uh, if you've ever seen uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm-hmm. which everybody has, the movie that inspired that was Phantom of the Paradise, which came out in mm. 1974, Brian De Palma film. In that movie, there's a character played by Garrett Graham, whom you've seen in other movies, uh, Beef. <laughs> and I do... Beef is, is a goofy cosplay where I can just relax and I can be silly mm-hmm. and uh, have a lot of fun with it. Um, it's very androgynous and ostentatious and just it's way out in left field. And most people look at me like, what the... Fuck is with this guy, <laughs> yeah. but those who get it lose their shit. I bet. Yeah. And the first time I unveiled that character was at a local convention here in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Oh, um, Monster Mania. Monster yeah. Mania. Yeah. Yep. Um, I went to Garrett Graham was going to be there, and I went to his table as beef, and I'm like, shit, he's not the t- he's out to lunch. Fuck. All right. So I kept going back, and the fucking guy wasn't there. I'm like, don't tell me I, I got all dressed up. For nothing. <laughs> you should have yeah. just sat down behind yeah. the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing oh, it might, there it is. <laughs> so I'm hanging out in the lobby, get, getting a, a, a snack, some water, some fruit, something like that to keep me going. And because it's amazing how much you sweat wearing wigs and, and things of that nature that aren't, you know, ergonomic. Um, and some guy comes walking up to me and says, uh, Have you gone to Garrett Graham's table to meet him? 
And I said, well, I went a couple times, but he, he wasn't there. He said, oh, well, I'm, I'm his uh, booking agent. Oh. And he's there now, and he heard that you were here, and he wants to meet you. Oh, cool. That's awesome. And I'm just like, wait, he, want, wait, he wants to meet me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. In fact, that word got around yeah. of the yes. beef costume. Yeah, so I, I went to meet him, and again, he was like, oh, my God. Yeah. This is so fucking cool. <laughs> you know, and, of course, I've got the big platform shoes on, and he's much older than so, but he, I'm, like, towering over this, this guy. But um, that's one of those those costumes. Like you, most people don't get it, but those that do are like, "You're the guy. You went <laughs> yeah. there, and I fucking love you for that." That's amazing. Yep. I mean, Germanic mechanic. Like, well, let's explain. Uh, that. Yeah, let's that's, explain that's, what that that's is. That's a nickname we made. Right. Yeah. Faye is a huge Indiana Jones fan. Mm-hmm. Huge. I feel like you know that. Guy. Oh yes, I do. I feel yes. like that's probably the first thing I told you. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so in our our. Friend uh, again from Wasteland, Jared uh, is a is a, a an excellent indie cosplayer. Um, so Faye came up with this idea for Dragon Con for this year. Well, last year Marian. I said I said if you ever need I didn't really want to be a Willie, but I'm like if you ever need a Marion, I'm, I'm your girl. <laughs> and he's like yeah, so you know we put together a little cosplay group. But of course we wanted Tank to be a part of it. But who could Tank be? You're not really like a John Reese Davies. No. no, no. But then we realized there's that I scene that in voice. Raiders where. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the airplane scene where he yeah. fights the shirtless Nazi, who uh-huh. we've named the Germanic mechanic. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I've always just called him Propeller Guy. Propeller Guy. That's, that's <laughs> guy. <laughs> yep. So I, I, this is one of those characters that, like, uh, Indiana Jones is cool, don't get me wrong, but yeah. do, I, do I squid out over it? No, I, I don't. Ooh, I sure shit. Well, I sure shit squid okay. out over it. I even like the fourth one. Yeah. Well, I haven't even mm. seen well the fourth enough. one. I swear to God. I it's not, not great, but it's... fine. Yeah. I respect that. I cool. Look, Temple's I gradu- my favorite, so I'm, I'm totally... Nah, wonky. you're cool. That's the one I watched the most. Same. I That's up, why it's my favorite, I, grew up, I had that tape. Yeah, yeah. I had that tape. Yep. Exactly. I mean... It's Nothing so makes funny. Me, I will still laugh my ass off at Last Crusade though. Sean Connery still He's makes great. me so good. Yeah. Still yeah. makes me laugh. I'll defend that. Yeah. Yep. But Raiders is Raiders, and that's going to be amazing. it. Raiders. Oh, yeah. Raiders yeah. Nothing surpasses Raiders. Raiders is objectively the best. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Temple's my favorite. Temple's my Temple is just, uh, yeah, because I watched it so much. Oh, but yeah. Sean Connery, it, it does. <laughs> look what you did. No more parachutes. <laughs> that's the best part of that movie. <laughs> Hang on, lady. We're going Go for a ride. So good. Hey, lady. You call him Doctor Jones. Anyway, Germanic Mechanic. Hey, yeah. Tank, you're here. I'm, I'm actually excited to do this character. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm very excited to be Marion because she was never a damsel. No, Marion's right. the best. Marian, yeah, she's Marian, the best. you, the first time you see Marion, she's winning a drinking <laughs> contest. <laughs> oh, yeah. I fucking love she's her. Great. She yeah. was nev- She never needed to be rescued. Nope. And she, Karen she, Allen's just she, like. She loved her man. She's and she, forever She babe. went on adventures with him. Yep. And yeah, she didn't. She wasn't a Kate Cap show. I mean, Willie is Willie, and I enjoy her. Yeah. For what she is now, yeah. and if I could wear that w- that dress she wears in that Ooh. opening scene, I would do. Crazy. I would do oh, at the, at the Han Solo club. where she sings, she sings anything <laughs> goes. <laughs> no, Club Obi Wan. Club Obi Wan. That's Sorry. what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah Club Obi Wan. I was close. Club. Oh. Uh, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would just be weird. That's so I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you're gonna be Jermaine. I want yes. somebody to follow you around with the propeller, though. We know. I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. I like She's that. She's been trying to kill me since the inception of this project. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, where are we? Where are people gonna find this? When are they gonna find it? You said you're done yes. shooting in October, but yes. So I am a one-woman band. Yep. So I originally thought I was going to find an editor, but then I f- I looked inside myself and I found the strength to edit it myself. You can edit this, yeah. So I edited the trailer and I didn't think I had that in me for some reason. The trailer's great. Thank you. Yeah. I think yeah. that I felt too close Amazing. to all the material and I felt overwhelmed by what to pick. Right. And, you know, I, I don't 
I trust myself as a shooter, but for whatever reason, I question myself as an editor. So mm -hmm. I really worried about that because I want the story to come through as clearly and as as wonderfully as possible because this is such a happy, wonderful, good story with so many crazy, wacky things in it. Um, tanker but tantrums. anyway, tanker tantrums. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to edit it myself. We're filming wraps in October. Uh, I will start editing it. You know that this winter. I'm going to give myself a year because the yep. goal is to premiere it in Broken Hill, Australia, uh, March 2019. And then from there, you know, I hope to have a, a New York party and a, maybe an L.A. party because we have some people that want to help us with that. Mm -hmm. And then I would just honestly like to make it available streaming. I You're not even going to try and like submit to festivals or anything? You just want to try and... Festivals, yeah, I skipped over festivals. Yeah, festivals for sure. But yeah. uh, to a larger audience, I'd like to get it picked up eventually somewhere down the road by... Amazon. Yeah, just you know? and just write to streaming if you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Get it where it's, exactly. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to deal with downloads because, you know, people yeah. steal shit. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. I worked really hard on this. Yeah. yeah. And I quit my job and I moved into my childhood bedroom to make it. I yeah. don't want people stealing it. Yeah. Um, we could certainly get you on some screens in Philly. Yeah. 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 Oh, go. without a doubt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. get DJ Drago to warm up the crowd. <laughs> I, I am there for that. Yeah, yeah. He did, he did, <laughs> I, I did that. It's on YouTube. If you search Humongous Doc, DJ, uh, DJ Drago is one of the videos I put up. Uh, yes, yeah. I love it. We're if watching they dance, as soon as we're done dance. Yeah. Um, so good. <laughs> that was, that was so uh, QXT is in Newark, which is the industrial club I, I, I spin at locally. Uh, they had a Soviet uh, Cold War night. Yeah. And they, they said, can you, can you make an appearance as, as Ivan Drago? And I said, yeah, sure. Do you want me to DJ? And they were like, can you with boxing gloves on? I'm like, well, I'll, I'll tape up my hand, but I'll, I won't wear the gloves, obviously. <laughs> really thinking outside the box. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was cool because it was an easy gig. It's humongous. I'm all pounding my fist, and I'm stomping my foot. I'm sweating my ass off. As Drago was much more... stood there. Oh, stoic, right? Yeah. Because I did, I did half of my set in the boxing gear and the other half in my military uniform. <laughs> kind of like standing at attention. Yeah. But I, got to, I also got to spin... What, the, the 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 tagline for DJ Humongous, which you'll see on my my bumper stickers, is undeniably hard, unforgivingly heavy. <laughs> and yep. and people will come up to me and be like, "Hey, uh, have you got any?" No, you will listen to what I spin and you'll yeah. like it because yeah. I'm That's fucking so Humongous. Yeah. I, I own the you know I own the fucking dance floor. As Drago, <laughs> it was a bit more like Euro eighties. Dance. You played a song just stuff. for me. I did play a cover of 99 Red Balloons. Oh. Is Hearts on Fire in the in the list? <laughs> oh, ah. There was a cover of uh, uh, Eye of the Tiger, of course. Of course. Yeah. There was a cover Naturally. of Two Tribes. Because uh -huh. this, this is like an 80s yeah. themed party. Yeah. And it was it was just cool that I kind of get to do something a little different, you know, for once. And I, I would do that again. I actually have my, my uh, DJ laptop, the whole front cover. It's, you know, DJ Humongous, uh, you know, welcome to you know, Berman have inherited the earth. And I had to make a DJ Drago, like Soviet flag sticker and like paste that across the top <laughs> of it and just be somebody else for a night. Yeah. But man, what a, what an easy gig. Just stand there and just kind of be stoic. And yeah. if he dies, he dies. What is Oh, that's so good. Oh, the military uniform. Yeah. It oh, was that's very. Awesome. Isn't that awesome? That, that military uniform is screen accurate and finding it. To fit me yeah, it was, was an actual fucking Russian hard. Uniform. You got his jawline and everything, man. It's crazy. Duh. I watched <laughs> I, I, Rocky Four just happened to be on like right after this gig, and I'm like, oh my god, I look just like him. So <laughs> I love Rocky so much. It's my favorite series the, the, of movies ever made. It's so good. There are pictures of me as Drago on the steps of the uh, oh yeah the uh, art, the museum. art museum and, yeah. and down by the by the Rocky statue, mm -hmm. nice. and that is something that Lonster Mash and I have spoken about because he, being a big Rocky fan, wants to come here to Philly. See that he's he's L.A. based. I said whenever you come out, we'll we'll do it when it's warm, 
we'll get we'll get kitted up and pe- people yeah. will go oh, lose their fucking minds yeah. if we show up at the statue and, and take pictures with them. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, spend a day just doing that. And it, it, you know it'd be great to get paid for a gig like that, but that's not why we do it. We do right. it because we we love it. You know we're we're fans too, so we know we know these, what when, gives when, this documentary heart. Yeah, when when people are squidding out, like yeah, they, we're kind of squidding out inside. Yeah, right now, yeah, believe yeah. it or not, you know <laughs> that moment when you're standing next to a rocky statue and there's just people that don't expect to see you there, yes. there with you. That yeah. that I mean, I imagine that is the like worth it. That's yeah. you know that I'll that, be there for a picture. Yeah. Oh, good <laughs> cosplay sparks joy in in all. Like that's yeah. what I've yeah. noticed. Like it, I don't care who you are, you see something like that good, you're gonna stop and pay attention, and it's yeah. gonna brighten your day a little bit. Real life, Peter Griffin. Real life Peter Griffin. He's I put him in. The, I, I interviewed him. I so spent an afternoon there. with him. Belloc from Raiders was at this con. Nice. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I need to meet Belloc. I need to meet Belloc. But I don't know what to say. Yeah. And so the first, I mean, fast forward a little bit. The first thing I see him, I'm like, So did you really swallow that fly? <laughs> first, and then I was like, You probably get asked that all the time. That's the worst question I could ask yeah. you. But P- real life Peter Griffin's like. Oh man, he loves me. Like, come on over, I'll introduce you to him. Yeah. So, like, uh, he was like the go-between to meet Belloc was the real life Peter Griffin. Yeah, and funny. so Peter goes out and get goes out to his car, gets his Indiana Jones hat, but also has like a white linen Belloc hat. Gives it to Belloc, and the two of them pose. So he's real life Peter Griffin with an Indiana yeah. Jones hat next to Belloc and a Belloc hat. It's just funny. weird shit happens yeah. at these places, and mm-hmm. it's always really cool. Like that time I made uncomfortably long eye contact with Edward James Olmos. Uncomfortably. <laughs> <laughs> it was but wasn't he like? Didn't weren't we like his opening act or something? Yeah, we were on stage, um, premiering the the trailer at mm-hmm. Eternal Con, and Edward James Olmos was the next act. I'm like, I technically opened up for Edward James Olmos. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, the closest I've ever done to a cosplay here. This is a this is my Brad Majors that I do oh, for the yes, for the midnight uh, Rocky Horrors. That's awesome. And there's a there's a oh, yeah. fan it's of the a, show Hannah yeah. Harkness Hannah doing Harkness. her uh, Columbia. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. Did you Best you know that Paul used to do both Rocky and Frankenfurter? No. Yeah. Our, our our friend Paul that we were talking about earlier. Um, that's how he was discovered by Dale. I I was I. Mm. I, I'm in a slasher film that's due to come out hopefully sometime in the next decade called oh. Mass Mutilator. Oh. And, uh, yeah, slasher <laughs> film. Language. Yeah. Okay. Um, God, this started back in the 90s, I would imagine. Uh, two guys from uh, Pennsylvania, uh, my good friend Paul and my other good friend Glenn. Um, they used to be best buddies. They've had a severe falling out since then, unfortunately. But uh, they were in, in this crew that put together this mask mutilator uh, slasher film where it's this ex-pro wrestler who's like killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, it never got finished. Mm. It got close to completion, but it never uh, never got completed. But Glenn has now gone on to become somebody, a bit of a name out in Hollywood. He moved out there, oh my God, it's been almost 20 years ago now, uh, out to Hollywood, uh, bought a, uh, an effects studio, and he's now one of the judges on uh, a show on Sci-Fi Channel called Face Off. Oh, yeah, I know that show. that show. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. well, the, 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 the lead judge, Glenn Hetrick, he's one of my uh, oldest okay. and, and dearest friends. Um, he's in this movie, and he did special effects makeup in this movie. Um, so now that he has a, a bit of a name, a bit, some clout, there's interest in distributors like going, oh, wait, you got who's in this movie? Hang on. Yeah. Um, well, it's not finished. Okay, well, what do you have to do to finish it? Um, well, they needed some other uh, some pickup shot done, so they didn't have the original mask mutilator around to uh, to do this. So they brought me in, and that the, the, the funny thing is, 
I don't think it was thought about beforehand, but as they're editing the the, the final scene together, they realized I had my wedding band on. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wait a minute. How do we explain the continuity on that? Because he didn't originally have that. I know. We'll do a prequel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, there's actually two mask mutilators. They happen to be brothers, and there's a whole backstory. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so we'll see where that goes. I love a convenient amazing. Yeah. There you go. I love it. Right. Yep. I love it. Uh, so where do people find you on the internet, Tank? If uh, people want to look you up and find stuff that you're doing, places um, you're going to be. A lot of the porn sites, really. That's where I... Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you don't mean where I hang out. You mean like where my... Yeah, no, where oh, people find Oh, right. Things. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Um, mostly Facebook, actually. Uh, God, let me... Tank, the life-size action figure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Lord Humongous. Right? Yes. You're the, you are the Lord Humongous. Well, it's, I think it's just Lord, Lord Humongous. Humongous. Facebook. Lord, you but tank the life size action figures where you'll find find them on Facebook. All right. Uh, yeah, got I've got this whole stack of business cards here. This is so good. Here we go. Yeah, facebookcom slash humongous. Dude, these are just tank trading cards, basically. Oh, oh no, the, the trading cards are in my back oh, part. Uh, back we made real? trading cards for the duck. Yeah. Oh we made like God. top style trading cards. Ayatollah mask, of rock myth, and roll legend. This is good. Yeah, so facebook.com slash ayatollah dot of dot rock and rolla. It, it is actually misspelled because somebody else has ayatollah uh-huh, rock and rolla, so I see we that. should probably spell that A-Y-A-T-O-L-L-A, out. A-Y-A-T-O-L-L-A, ayatollah. On here, there's the list of, of, of uh, services you offer. Celebrity impersonations. Yes. Special guest appearances. Ordained wedding ceremonies. Movies and stunts. <laughs> <laughs> and soon to be added to that list, stand-up comedy acts. Oh. oh you know nice. you're talking to a couple of former comedians we right now. We are working on that. I've, I've already orchestrated the uh, celebrity roast at Wasteland Weekend. Um, we did our first one last year, and it was quite the hit, so we're going to do another one this year. But I've been working again with uh, the real-life uh, Peter Griffin, who's a funny guy in and of himself. Is he a uh, family guy, though? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Only in Blue Harvest. That's the quality uh, when we're pushing midnight. Yeah. That's yeah. the jokes. That's where they go. Yeah. So yeah, Humongous is uh, probably going to be doing some stand-up comedy, and uh, the potential there is just yeah, that's, oh, really that's amazing. I mean, yeah, yeah. there's really so much exciting. so much stuff to tap into. And the the, the, the beautiful thing is, is, is I can suck, but because I'm the fucking Lord Humongous, I think I'm great. And you better fucking laugh. Yeah. You yeah. should. Yeah. You I should thought you were going to have slaves heckler. on stage to make laugh when you weren't funny, wasn't that? Yeah, there's going to be prisoners yeah. tied to the fucking yeah. Humongous machine. That's great. You should plant a heckler that ultimately becomes a sacrifice. <laughs> that would be great. You should have like a Max be a heckler. Uh, I, I well, one of the part of the acts is I, I'm one of I'm, I'm really into like the whole ventriloquist dummy sort of thing. Yeah. So I can I can get like a, a, a like a little mini Humongous. And be like, you know, just walk away and I spare you lives. <laughs> and of course, you won't see my lips moving at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, right? how is anybody going to know when Humongous is talking versus the just Humongous gestures. puppet? Oh, yeah, because he's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Because the Humongous puppet, I assume, will also have the mask on, right? What's the gag oh, that all ventriloquists do where they, they drink, they drink while they're yeah, doing yeah. it? You can just pour the water. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'm going to need a straw over here, please. I yeah. am the Lord of the Wasteland, after all. So and I, I think impersonations would definitely be uh, yeah. high on that list. You know, uh, That would be hilarious to see Terrible Lord Humongous try well, and do impersonations. That's, that's the whole yeah, point, that's is really that, that I really suck at them. Like, yeah. yeah. You talking to me? <laughs> Are you talking to me? That's pretty good. I don't see anybody else around you. you got to be talking to me <laughs> quicker than you. That's good, right? Yeah, I, I, like I nailed it. <laughs> or or here, here's, That's here's good, right? Right, right. <laughs> I, I I think one of the, the classic one is just hang on. I gotta I gotta kind of get into the character here. I gotta, I gotta feel this one here. 
Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I know, it gives you chills, right? I got goosebumps over here. I feel like I closed my eyes, Ben Stein's room. <laughs> I was just imagining that voice coming from Ben Stein's face. I'm picturing Ben Stein as humongous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Win Lord Humongous' money. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's fantastic. Faye, where Thank can you. people find you on the internet and especially find this uh, documentary? Again. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, you could go to facebook.com slash humongousdoc. That's H U M U N G U S D O C. Or you could go to humongousdoc.com. Again, that's humongous. 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 Yeah, humongous. Very specific. H U M U N G U S D O C. You spelled that before. Wow. Dot com. <laughs> my, the minute I, p- I type the word H into my phone, humongous in all caps is the first auto suggest that's on great. my phone. Yeah. Nice. There's something to that. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. fantastic. T- tank. I think it's just tank.life. Size dot action dot figure, dude. It's just I'm, that. I, it, well, <laughs> it's just, just that. Just that. <laughs> well, there's some colons and backslashes and and slasher films My in there. My assumption I don't know. is if in Facebook you type tank the life tank, size action that, that figure, will probably that will probably give it to you. Yes. Do that. Yeah. And there, there's uh, Lord Humongous and the Dogs of War is, is the uh, the full like to get the wasteland experience. That's where all the uh, that's the public page. It's also right. the name of my interpretive jazz trio. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for being here to talk to us. This has uh, been a lot thank of fun. You for this was really us. fun. Yeah. yeah, this is fantastic. I'm really excited about the documentary. And, like, the, I and the PBR for has out. been flowing. I mean, look at this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 16 ounces. Uh, Heineken. Fuck that shit. The last thing. <laughs> Pabst Blue, Blue, Blue Ribbon. Ribbon. Last thing I want to do before uh, we let you go is just uh, I, you probably are not aware that on our show, uh, Dan and I have something we celebrate occasionally, uh, which we refer to as our gay islands. Uh, there are islands full of actors oh, that Dan and I would definitely just have the sex rule with. Is, given if there was an island that you lived at that you had to be gay at, yeah. who would you populate? Who would your be on that with? island? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I've never I think gotten... I actually demoted Ryan Reynolds from president. Did you? After seeing he got he got a little old for my taste when I was watching Hitman's Bodyguard. So I think like Oscar Isaac's yeah. climbing the ranks a little I know, bit. I know, yeah. I know. I th- all right, Ryan Reynolds head of security. I just wanted to make sure it's that we, just. we've yeah. never inducted someone fair, onto yeah. our gay islands on the show before uh, to their face. So I'd like to invite you to be part of my gay island, uh, if you don't mind, Tank. I'm honored. I'm truly honored. <laughs> Very good. I just only had to get a gay a, island in. Drago, are you allowed on the yeah. island? <laughs> I must break you. <laughs> if he comes, he comes. <laughs> so good. You will uh, lose. <laughs> Thanks for entertaining that weird gesture <laughs> that I just course. made your direction. I, uh, who, who would be on my gay island? I, I've yeah, seriously. Had a, yeah. a, a bit of a man crush on maybe not so much the actor himself, but just the character of, of Thor. Oh, yes. Oh, fucking Hemsworth dude. I mean, Chris Hemsworth like, is on yeah. that. I got to say, two sure. out of three Hemsworths mm-hmm. hang out on my <laughs> island. Totally, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Liam. Yeah. Is, <laughs> is, is Liam the Independence Day one? What's a, uh, Liam's the Independence Day one. Yeah, good. And get him out of here. Yeah, get him get, out. Go back to go back to uh, whatever the Hunter, Hunger Games planet is called. <laughs> but I'll take Chris and I'll take whatever the Westworld, you know, the, the oh, odd yeah. one out Hemsworth. Yeah. He I, can hang out. At, at one time, I had a huge man crush, and this is going back to the 90s, not so much the 80s WWF era, but 90s WWF. China. Oh yeah, yeah. Was a definite man crush. It's a woman. Uh, it's a woman your size. Y- 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 Wait, that was a woman. <laughs> but no, I seriously did. Like, like Hetrick and I. Like he was into Billy Gunn, and I was all about China. And those were like our man crushes. Like that was our our shtick. Wildly funny. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> May he rest in peace. So uh, yes. <laughs> 
Fuck. All right. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. You can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. It's with an F. I review every single movie I watch on letterbox.com slash Philadelphia. And I'm still over at uh, Farsighted Blog working on my um, Herschel Gordon Lewis series. You can find that Ooh, over there cool. called Splatter Matters. I'm watching like 14 Herschel Gordon Lewis movies in a row, basically. Wow. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. Alice Cooper would be pleased. <laughs> it's uh, It's been fun. Uh, so you can find me over there. Dan, what am I? What am I uh, you can find me at Dan Scully on every platform imaginable. Twitter, yep. Facebook, Letterboxd. Yep. Uh, check out Cinadelphia.com. Um, that's where I review so check that shit out make sure you guys stay tuned into the show we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up Big stuff uh, coming I'm up. not going to pull the trigger on announcing it yet but you do not want to miss it uh, so yes of course check us out I like 2 movie that is the numeric 2 on every uh, Twitter, Facebook, every Tumblr that you can I like 2 movie you can't miss that 100th show it's, it's going to be, it's gonna gonna be, be yeah. huge it's going to be huge I have to ask and you can say no can you give us at least a chunk of the Roy Batty speech as best as you can to help us close out the show? He's going to do it. <laughs> I've seen things you people couldn't imagine. Attack ships on fire up the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter near the Tenhauser Gate. All these moments will be lost in time like tears in rain time to die dude amazing <laughs> the cadence and everything it was, it was crazy so good. yeah uh, all right, so we close if out the we show. we had Bennett here to, to hit him oh, with some... <laughs> hell yes. Uh, we, uh, a friend of ours is a filmmaker that uh, does an amazing uh, uh, Harrison Ford impression. Oh, uh, nice. And when he taught us, he was like, he could he can teach you to do the impression. He said the key to a Harrison Ford impression is uh, imagine you walk into a room and you've just never been in a room before. <laughs> <laughs> he does a Look at this room. Like, what are these walls? <laughs> what, are these, what, are these, what are these hands that I have? Hands? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's great. My wife. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my wife. Uh, so, all right, so we close out the show the same way. Every time you guys can join us in helping us out with this. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. My name is Faye Merman, and I like to movie movie. My name is Tank, and I like to movie movie. <laughs> and we all know that you like to movie movie because we like to movie.